0: Give me the green light. Cause I'm ready to go. Let's have a good time. Let's go. What you waiting for? You only got one life, one life. And we gonna live it up. So give me the green light. Give it to me. Cause I'm ready to go. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah.
1: All right. Everybody, to the second part of the February podcast. Um, Looking at WrestleMania, um, perhaps uh, uh, underestimated um, despite having sat through it all, and um, it's in its great uh, like, like uh, separately, but nonetheless, um the actual length of the show last time. So it's decided to split this up into two parts. So you are now listening to the second one. Go back and have a look um, on SoundCloud um, and iTunes and all the other places that you know to get our podcast and check out the first part. Um But yeah, um we're just going to get straight back into uh, the matches again now. So, um, guys, remind us where we uh, left off the last time and. So next? it
2: was um, it was announced as a uh, three way tag team ladder match for the Royal Tag Team Championship. Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, aka The Club, aka Phil and Grant Mitchell, versus uh, Cesaro and Sheamus versus Enzo More and Big Cass. Uh, what I will say before we get on to uh, you know the other personnel who ended up in this match was that. Cesaro and Sheamus, is, I wasn't too keen on the tag team. I don't like how they had a best of seven series that somehow ended in a fucking draw and was also actually a best of nine series. And then the payoff was they got a tag title shot and then they didn't win and then they just decided to team up. Having said that, I really like this tag team and I really like their entrance. It is yeah. one of the most baller things I've ever seen. Like
3: They've looked like a Scottish groomsmen. They really did.
2: (laughs) They really
1: did. Like,
3: I have dressed like that at a wedding. Not as stylish as them, but yeah, yeah, they they clearly came from a wedding.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'm. I'm not even Scottish, but I've lived in Scotland, and yeah, I even have dressed like that for a wedding, just just because my, my pals encouraged me. Your pals enabled
2: you, I think, no. Daniel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah. then, um, the new day we have we haven't actually mentioned. I don't think we've mentioned this. Um, the new day being the hosts of the uh, of the show. Many because like the you know what when I'm hosting a party, I don't welcome people to my flat. Fuck off to the gents for two hours. And then come back and go, "How you doing? Like, do you want some nibbles?" And then fuck off again. Like, poor hosting abilities from uh, from these lads, I think. Um, well,
3: speak for yourself, George. I, I do have a <laughs> <it>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: And uh, that's yeah. my
1: idea of a great party. I've spent some great parties just in toilet.
3: <laughs> oh, I'm sure you have, have. <laughs> <laughs> But
2: But um, yeah, so they came out dressed like um, characters from. Uh, Final Fantasy fourteen and it's fully a measure of how well that game is doing that they're trying to get that over and not Final Fantasy 15, which was most, more recently released.
3: Can I can I just ask, <laughs> what the fuck is going on with life? Where am I and what is going on? Why is there a Final yeah. Fantasy crossover at
1: WrestleMania? Well, I mean, this is the thing, right, because like, I'm a huge, huge, huge Final Fantasy 7 fan, Um, because my, my, my gaming experience basically stops after the age of me being about uh, 13 or 14. Um. So I was, like, really... But this this is the second um, Final Fantasy crossover in wrestling thing that's occurred since um, Okada coming out, uh, I think it was Wrestle Kingdom a few years ago, with um, an enormous buster sword, and then uh, there being a dinosaur there yeah. as well.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> for, for, for some reason. Like, so, yeah, I was a bit like, oh, um, well, okay, uh, yeah, this is, this, this is a weird one. And I think that
2: contributes to, like, some of the the booze, um, Akada's been receiving recently because people remember these things because the, the dinosaurs are actually from Final Fantasy VI and people in Japan take this stuff very seriously. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, but no, I like, I just, yeah, I think it, but it is, it, it, this whole thing does contribute to this like bizarre point we're at now where, and this is something which is discussed quite a lot in other places, but I mean, really what used to be seen as the reserves of the kind of um, um, the, the nerd and the geek are now relatively mainstream or at least one level below the mainstream, you know, like, um, so it's, it's really kind of odd because for years, like, like people like us that were into wrestling or computer games, whatever you Nerdy thing was. We were like pariahs, man. Like, you know. Now like I can like I can flaunt my love of like comic books and wrestling and like all this stuff, and people don't even think I'm particularly unusual. <laughs> like, um, which is kind of nice, I suppose, in some ways, but yeah, it's odds, man. Like, if you're Br- bring
3: back the days of like people turning up at Comic Cons dressed as Sephiroth, because I remember going on the train <laughs> every year and there would always be some poor guy, some shut in dressed as Sephiroth. This is his best. That was his WrestleMania moment. <laughs> Every year getting the fucking clockwork orange <laughs> round Glasgow oh, and dressed oh, yeah. as Sephiroth <laughs> with a giant safe, trying to get out of the subway.
2: <laughs> I I think that um like you know, they came they came out, like um they've got all the gear, they've got little moogles on the shoulder, um Xavier's got his hair done up like like cloud and uh, Michael Cole uh, says on commentary, the new day Coming out as characters from Final Fantasy XIV. Now people have said that um, that this line was fed to him, and I think that's no, no, that's, no, no, no. I think that's slanderous because <laughs> Michael Cole is a big Final Fantasy fan. Do you remember the time when uh, Alberto Del Rio came out and Cole said, "This Del Rio in his cars, he's uh, it se- seems like he's acquired infinite money, just like you can do in Final Fantasy IX by synthesizing cotton robes and then selling them on."
3: <laughs> if you couldn't tell that that line was said to him, it was him. Then squealing, "I love Final Fantasy." Afterwards, they kind of tipped it over the edge for me. I was like, "No, nah, mate, <laughs> no." I I didn't. Re- I was a Nintendo sixty four guy, right? So my Final Fantasy playing is limited, but I do have two stories which are incredible that I I feel that you you would like to hear. So you know, Final Fantasy seven was like three discs. Well, I had mm-hmm. a friend. Who had the the Final Fantasy seven and he went to my pal went nah shit mate. He's like, What? He said, It's shit. Why did he give you two discs just full of photos? You know what? What? He genuinely thought the last two discs were just like like still picture galleries. And he didn't realise that the second or third disc yeah, he's like, No mate, you need to like complete the first disc to get on to the second Nah man, it's just pictures, I've tried it, it it doesn't work. (laughs) That's and as amazing. well as that, somebody oh my somebody God. in my school, right, um, somebody in my year at school, I went to primary school with her, I knew her since at the age of four or five, right, and she went on to compete in Miss Scotland. She became like, a model. She's, she's like, you know, going out with, like, Rangers and Aberdeen players and things like that, back when Rangers were a club, but <laughs> um, like, <laughs> when she was going out with them, she was a wag, and she was in this modelling contest, so, as you can tell, she was, you know, quite attractive, shall we say, you know, or you know she w- she was pretty stunning right but amongst me and my friends we didn't realize that she was stunning because we only knew her as the girl who had a copy of final fantasy free that you can only get in japan
5: <laughs> yeah oh. like her
3: dad worked abroad and went to japan and got her like a copy of final fantasy free and she would learned how to play it and that and like and amongst my friends that that was like even like 10, 15 yeah. years later, God, do you know, do you know Kim? No, the, the stunning lassie, no, the one that's get Final Fantasy V. Oh, I Kim, yeah, I know. Her. I know her. <laughs> Not the fact that she was like so, so beautiful that she was like second yeah. place in a national, be- nationwide beauty contest. It's the Fact she had Final Fantasy free and she is a lovely person, even to discounting the fact she had Final Fantasy free so shout out to Kim I think I o I I
1: I think I'm I think I'm already in love with it just for the way you've described it. Yeah, she's she <laughs> amazing.
3: And I remember when she was at the height of her wagdom, she even spoke to me in the train, despite the fact that I'm a common pleb who doesn't shower very often. So I was <laughs> like, you know what? Heart of gold. Heart of gold. But yeah. The um,
2: um, What what I will fun. say about Cole's uh, Final Fantasy fourteen plug is that it's. I don't know if you recall the time when uh, one of the SmackDown only pay-per-views back in the mid two thousands was uh, sponsored by uh, Final Fantasy Ten Two, and uh, yes, yeah, I remember Ta- that. And Taz was just on about how he wanted to like fuck the main protagonist, so there was that. <laughs> oh
3: Jesus! Well, that, and, that's Taz for you.
2: <laughs> yeah, that is true. Look at those tomatoes. Anyway, so the new day come out, <laughs> and um, they they dressed to compete, and they say. Now there is going to be a a fourth uh, a mystery team, and um, rather than <laughs> chanting for the new day, the crowd immediately starts. Um Doing the uh, the Richard Spencer National Action uh, hand salute and uh, saying the words "delete." <laughs> so it's a good job for them that Matt and Jeff Hardy actually did come out; otherwise, they would have been up shit creek a little bit.
3: <laughs> I would like to make I would like to make uh, clear that when I went to see Matt Hardy and East Cobrade and everyone did the delete sign, I conscientiously objected from it because I felt it was a bit too Nuremberg for my liking. <laughs> I was like, mm, no, no. Sorry, I won't do the
1: CK. <laughs> I I I embarrassed myself a little bit in in our Facebook group the other day and I embarrassed myself. A little oh bit yeah, bit. this is brilliant. Um, cuz I <laughs> cuz basically right, I've um I've I like I'm familiar with the delete salute, right? Um but given that I'm already predisposed to hate hate smarky crowds to death, right? Um and the night, the, the roar after mania for me is like just the worst um most grading experience a person can possibly go through um like outside of any of the fun <laughs> ones um just because like um i just like i i i can't get down with that kind of crowd right so i turned it on and it was i was a few minutes late and it, it was obviously about eight or ten minutes before um you know they shut up um, um during the roman reigns segment and loads of people are doing the delete um the delete saloon but because of the now kind of infamous um uh, sign that was in the crowd that we may touch on t- later on during the main event which said I can't I'm Roman is a Holocaust <laughs> denier. I thought, I thought there was this little section of like alt-right fuckboys, <laughs> right? Who turned up, uh, you know, some like some like proper like bottomly, like, you know, dredging the bottom of like the the, the like the, the proper time VLs. Time. Um and it ter- <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it turned up and we're giving it a big one in relation to this. And I was like you know what, fuck <laughs> these guys, fuck this crowd, I hate <laughs> wrestling, it's the worst thing in the world, like, and then I just watched Richard Spencer getting punched in the face like a, like a new order soundtrack for 15 minutes, and felt better in <laughs> um, but it wasn't that, they were just doing the delete um, salute. so I'm sorry to every single person that went there and I just called it
3: a Nazi. Well, to be fair, if you're doing Nazi salutes, you're going to not- get called a Nazi.
2: Some of them statistically are, so, like, it's, it's-
3: oh, some of them probably don't get me wrong. Some of them are probably just as like objectionable. <laughs> that may have been quite bad. It was just when they started doing the Cornell during the Bray Wyatt segment that I I lost it.
2: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember the Cornell.
3: Anyway, we we
2: we, we, we digress. Never. We digress. Oh, never, yeah. So like Matt and Jeff come out. What do we think about the the, the Hardys being back in WWE? don't all jump in at once.
3: Well. You see, I I, I I I feel really proud of myself, right? Because like before before they started chanting, before the music, before anything, I was like, it's the Hardys. And she's like, all right. And then he came out, and she actually like, just turned and go, how the how the fuck do you know these things? Like how? And I was like, uh, I I just I just took a guess, <laughs> Not that, <laughs> I they go into the, the you know the inner workings of the sheets or anything like that. But I was it. Like, no, I knew some things, but. To, interestingly there's one other thing later on that i knew about that i purposely didn't tell my wife about you can probably guess what it was um because me and my wife watched total divas so oh I, yeah, I, yeah yeah i purposely withheld uh, some facts later but uh, just to make it better for herself because i didn't want her going in expecting it and i wanted her to kind of have that spontaneous moment of oh my god i can't believe it but um yeah, she thought I was psychic because I knew the Hardies were coming out like ten seconds before they started chanting the music hit or anything, and I, I I lost my shit when they came out. I'm not gonna lie, I lost my shit.
2: If you're psychic, does that make Dave Meltzer your control? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, uh, D- Daniel, like thoughts on well thoughts on the Hardies in general, and like what, what do you think about them being back?
1: There they're, they're a kind of there are weird one the Hardy's because I kind of felt like um I felt like I should have been mind you this could be my entire kind of um uh, like po- uh, sort of pocket size review of the entire show really. I kind of felt like I should have been more excited for them returning. And um uh, you know, there's been a lot of stuff spoken in the in the last few days about um how the uh, people that, that that were at the, the arena say that the pop there, like live, was unlike anything that they'd ever heard. Like um and um i I don't know what it was, maybe it was the the position of this in the show where it was definitely at that point after uh, me, me and Gary had done a night uh, of NXT um we'd been watching the whole pre-show and everything and it was, it was kind of just the first point in the night where I really begun to sag and my attention kind of began to strain a little bit um but i I, I, I was kind of um uh, uh, hyped as soon as I sort of my ears caught on to the fact that oh shit that, that's the Hardy Boys music. But then it was kind of combined after that with um, I couldn't really get caught up in the moment because I spent the entire thing trying to work out just how much of the, the, the yeah. broken universe um, they were they were going to bring over. And just see, because that, that, that whole dynamic fascinates me between this tradition that we have in WWE of um, them not liking to push people under gimmicks or sometimes even something as petty as the, a name they came yeah. up with themselves, right? um so i was kind of really intrigued by that um and i, I guess my immediate kind of um pop uh, sort of um di- uh, disappeared quite quickly because i was like from the moment they were walking down the ramp i was like looking for little signs you know trying to see what matt especially was was going to do what he, what he what what he was going to say um and and that kind of thing so it was weird i kind of i kind of popped uh, in quite a big way um and then it was uh, on the detail i guess but in, in general the Hardys um, are obviously like I mean I'm 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 31 so like I've got great memories of the Hardys because um obviously they 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 came of age um uh, you know at a time when <laughs> I was just a little wrestling mark you know like um I was like what 14 or 15 yeah. maybe when they really got like uh, to, yeah. to their 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 first peak um and uh, yeah so I've got great memories uh of them I um I think of all the the kind of um the, the returns that have happened recently in WWE this makes I think the most yeah. sense um yeah, yeah. they have probably the most amount of hype um I mean put it this way I I will say this I think that Matt Hardy uh, and however much Jeffs contribute I don't know but Matt's usually the one that gets the main um you know amount of credit for this but him to actually make me watch not one not two but several <laughs> TV <team> matches <laughs> right um I, I, and that's a company I, I gave up on, and I mean this years ago. And people always think I can't be serious when I say this because I literally try and watch everything from any era that I can, right? Uh, but even I, don't bother. I'm the, the exact DNA, same, right? It's, it's I, density, I'm the exact uh, same. I never watch it either. And it's the exactly, and it's the only thing that that really pulled me around. And what I even like even more about that is that I'm usually a guy who likes as, as, as I keep mentioning and as you guys know I I like all different types of wrestling but the, the stuff that really tugs on my heartstrings tends to be the stuff that's presented in a bit more of a traditional way right um like that isn't kind of um uh, uh too ironic or anything like that and, and and one step the wrong way um and one step just not being quite as dedicated to that performance as Matt and Jeff were could have made it just you know um, um uh, you know just hit the wrong note for me really um, and seemed like it was too try-hard. But I honestly thought it was a hoot. I mean, I, I just thought the whole thing was an absolute hoot. So I'm fascinated to see where they go with it. Um, I'm not one of those guys who's always inherently angry at, um, <coughs> at all the guys coming in and taking someone's spot, so to speak. Um, but I do worry a little bit about where the booking oh, yeah. goes from here. But that's maybe... Oh, yeah. that, that, that's something that's not... That's not something that's inherent to this show. Yeah, I mean, it. I
3: felt that... Well, I felt that it, it was sort of like a a sensible World of Soccer version of Broken Matt Hardy. You no, know, you know, like, <laughs> WCW versus the Worlds. Remember when they'd have, like, Hayabusa and Masawa, but they change the names and maybe change, like, a move or something? It was like that. It it, it was kind of like Broken Matt Hardy, but it's not really. But I, I agree.
4: Yeah, I, yeah. I
3: have absolute conviction in my heart that if they, if they get the ability to use this gimmick, they'll fuck it up so hard. They will fuck yeah. it up so much. Because mm. the whole thing is that Matt has so much creative control over that the whole point was that tna is so colossally fucked that they have no stroke whatsoever and they cannot tell the hardys no because if they tell the hardys no the hardys leave and then they lose a a big draw they lose jeff so they could that was the same reason for willow willow was jeff hardy's weird vanity project because they couldn't tell him no because they didn't want them to leave that's why he did paintings on fucking TNA Explosion and all that and stuff like that. He, did, he actually did, like, painting sessions and all that. And, like, WWE is just going <laughs> flat, right, to flat out turn around and tell them, no, we want, you know, a fucking committee eating nachos to write all your stuff for you. And we're going to put on lots of really funny jokes that <laughs> a man will love. And like, and, like, they did the Wyatt um, New Day one, you remember the Brawl And I liked mm. it, right? But it was so, it, it, it was nothing compared to the vinyl deletion, and there was lots of elements that I didn't really like about it. I mm. I don't know. Yeah. I If if they just said to Matt, right, do what you want, we'd be fine. But if they could say that to Matt, they could say it to all these other people and this product would be in a far fucking better state. So they're clearly not going to do that. So... I enjoyed I enjoyed this match. I mean, it's a ladder match. What what really can you get out of a ladder match in two thousand and seventeen? Really, like there's there's nothing to them anymore. Yeah. They're just all the same. But I I enjoyed this. I got lost in the moment. Um, yeah, I I enjoyed this. But I, I, it's interesting. It's like the, it's like Gallows and Anderson actually because I remember when Gallows and Anderson came in, I was like, oh well, Gallows and Anderson. I'm looking forward to seeing them wrestle, and then realised. The first time they wrestled it, wait a minute! I fucking hated these guys in New Japan. I skipped <laughs> all of their matches. Yeah. Oh yeah, their dogs stunk up
1: every fucking title match Is they a, were in. No. Yeah.
3: and then I kind of realized yeah. that you know what? I, I actually don't really care about seeing like Hardy matches. I want to see them do the weird stuff. That that's their thing. Yeah. That's their spiel. And if they're not going to do that, I'm, yeah, you know, and obviously they can do this. They can get the, the nostalgia run of them as the Hardys, and then. Get all the T-shirts, get that big, you know, wave of sales from that, and then if they get the rights to it, they can do the broken character and have a second wave. So it makes very good yeah. business sense. And, yeah.
1: and I mean, when you think about it this way as well, I mean, I guess the the positive way to look at having, um, you know, um, um, uh, sort of um, all the guys come back or or, or whatever is that. I'm guessing the hard. I mean, I don't know about the details of the Hardys' contract, but I'm guessing that they're on. A, are they on a full-time contract compared to like compared to like the like. of I believe of they are. And, and I believe they're meant and, to be on
3: the
1: road. Right. Okay. Because I mean, that, that that can't be. It can't be a bad thing if you're like I don't know a team like the Revival or someone like that, like who let's who you know that's probably one of our yeah. all of our favorite tag teams, right? It can't be a bad thing to have like Matt and Jeff Hardy just walking about the corridors to be able to like pull up and say, "Hey, w- want to check out my match?" You're yeah, school, or even you know? they're going to get matches with them. Yeah, you know. Like, and you know, I mean, to be honest, I'm at the point now where I think the revival of the, oh, yeah. and the Hardy oh, yeah. were in ring. But um, that's not the point. You know, they can give them tips on psychology Ooh. or just like, you know, uh, even promos or whatever. Like, and it's just about so, you know, I'm trying not to be too, too. I've seen a few people that are like kind of um. there's a particularly snarky subculture of, of wrestling, which is already snarky enough in, in terms of the fandom um, where they'll pretty much not accept anyone. Um, that isn't, like, you know, um, un- under 30, um, or, y- 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 you know, and I kind of, there's a weird bit of kind of ageism that goes on, I think, there as well. So, um, yeah, um, definitely not a bad thing to have these guys back, and I think maybe the tag division might need them. Oh, God, yes.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think that, I think it's like you said, um, if they, the people will have nostalgia for the Hardys, which is great, but, like, there's not as much mileage on that as there is in actually Having them do the broken universe stuff, which is which is after all what's got them over with younger fans who yeah. weren't watching back then, and also got given them a new lease of life mm. with uh, people our age, and you know look at when they brought the Dudley Boys back, yeah, and they did their old their old stick, and everyone's like, oh yeah, the Dudley Boys are back, and then and then they just kept doing it and.
1: And they, and what when, when what they should have done in my opinion, and this is like not an you know, not not a, um, I guess um, an opinion that hasn't already been stated by lots of people, it's very obvious, they could have done a, a, I'm not usually a big fan of break up angles, but they could have done a quick breakup angle and had um uh, Bubba do his bully wraith um shtick. Um, yeah. which is probably the best work he's ever done.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like like the Hardys with the broken stuff. Like uh, Bully Ray reinvented himself, got a new character, uh, gave gave his. And career no one
1: saw it because it was on TNA. Yeah.
2: <laughs> gave his career a bit more, a bit more juice. You know, that's the thing. Um, as far as the match itself goes, um, uh, Enzo Mori managed not to die. That was good.
1: Yeah. Well, depends on your depends on your perspective,
3: to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, going into this, it was it was uh, I I was dreading it because you see. Andrew and Cass, who are let's just, let's just say reckless, right? <laughs> and then you've got Seamus who bruises like a peach and get fucking split open. And you know they were gonna go for the heads. They were at one point that thing was getting opened again. And then you have, you know, and you you have Cesaro who has a on for doing really reckless suicide dives and nearly like, kill him. And like I was like, oh god, this this someone could die here, but not not in the way you usually expect from a ladder match of oh god, yeah. someone's gonna die. No, you genuinely felt that something could go wrong. Yeah, someone will we'll
2: shoot die. You know, but actually, yeah. I think as yeah, far as like yeah. the big bumps go, I've certainly seen uh, crazier ladder matches. I think this was by modern standards quite restrained. You know, you had yes. certain things like, uh, Matt gave, uh, whoever the fuck it was, a, a twist of fate off the ladder. But that, that was a standard no, spot. fucking, uh, 15 well. years ago. Yeah, it looked really good. Um, yeah. Jeff did his, yeah. like, Jeff got the gigantic 50 foot tall Jeff Hardy ladder that like, no one else yeah. <laughs> ever seems to use. And,
3: He'd be a great window cleaner. That's all I'll say. <laughs> he was was a fucking like, brilliant window cleaner.
2: King George four beat oh your heart out. and and he did his dive like onto
3: Jeff Hardy. <laughs> <laughs> Robin Asquith has, has always been. It. Obviously, yeah, obviously, but... it'd have to be via an inner monologue. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck
2: off. But yeah, like he uh, he did his, he did his stuff onto two guys on tables, one of whom like he ploughed right through the table, and one of whom the table didn't break, and it was just Jeff Hardy's legs like slamming right into their sternum. <laughs> It looked fucking yeah. good, but actually, I think my favourite spot of the match was not even anything to do with the ladders. It was um, Cesaro doing his uh, his uh, giant swing, which is like has been over for for years. That's got fucking tenure that move has, and um, and Sheamus doing his a uh, beats of the Baron like the the forearms on, on the ropes and just doing. It must have been about thirty. A piece like Shea was doing the beats and the crowd were counting along with uh, Cesaro's swing, not remotely in time as per fucking usual. And like, what just when you felt like the crowd couldn't get any more into it, it sort of it hit a second wave and it built to even more of a crescendo. And I thought that was because at the end of the day, it's just one lad getting hit and one lad getting rotated, but um. You know, as far as the things go, I actually think that was the the best spot of the match in terms of how it got the uh it got the crowd invested. You also you know what I also liked about this match? Uh, logical finish. Some of the old TLC matches, I, I, I really like them. I think they're great sort of car crash spectacles, but they, they do suffer from this and you know, modern ladder matches can often be the same, especially multi team wars. They suffer for the fact that you get the sense that the teams are trying to set up spots and not trying to win the match. You know yeah. you get the sense, even like the really famous ones, you get the sense, why is Jeff doing this when he could like the titles are right there and there's uh no one in the ring? Whereas in this match, Jeff Hardy takes up takes out the remaining people who aren't dead by diving off a big fuck off ladder. Matt Hardy's the one left in the ring, grabs the titles and they win the match. Brilliant. Simple, you know.
3: Yeah. All he needs.
2: Yeah, exactly. So I thought so. this was I thought this was a was a good match. Um and yeah, as soon as they said it was gonna be a ladder match, it's like, right, Matt and Jeff are back, and as for what they end up doing in WWE, you know, what What they should really do is just call in TNA's legal team and press the Mr. Burns button under the desk and just reveal like hidden <laughs> in the yeah, little cavity, like Ta-da. a team of 10, ten high-priced lawyers. Yeah. Meanwhile, TNA's lawyers just got a, a, a little business card that says, works on contingency. <laughs> no, money down. <laughs>
3: Yeah. Hey, the TNA lawyer left his briefcase here. Hey, it's full of shredded-up newspapers.
2: Full of, sh- of shredded-up copies of the Wrestling Observer.
3: <laughs> David, it's it's happening again. Like... I, I have a st- distinct feeling that Vince McMahon is going to try and take on the, the the case just because he's Vince McMahon, Damn it! and he just wants TNA. He's just like, fucking bring it. Come, <laughs> come on. <laughs>
4: He's
2: gonna Just be his own, own defender, training. like fucking David Irving, but maybe a bit more right wing.
4: Yeah.
2: So yeah, next match. Um, this was I I, I don't think this was uh we probably won't have much to say about the match. Um, because it was a it was a bit nothingy really. But um, a uh, crossover. The last time there was a mixed tag match on uh, WrestleMania, but here we are. Um, John Cena and uh Nikki Bella, who uh. I've only been going out for about, because I don't watch Total Leavers, and I only watch SmackDown, so, I mean, they've only been going out for, like, two months, right? Because, like, that's that's all I've seen of it on screen,
3: so, like, I can only assume that's months, the case. John Cena was at pains to kind of not acknowledge it. Like, have you seen him while Talking Smack? There was a sequence where I think Maurice attacked Nikki Bella. And smashed her face off the table, quite like violently.
4: Yeah.
3: And it looked really sore. And John Cena just came over going, "Hey guys, let's get this interview over. Is, is Nicky okay? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yes. Fight away." And he just went on this interview while his like girlfriend was being like taken away in an ambulance. And he was just like, "Yeah. So I I really enjoyed the match today. Like <laughs> fucking hell. dare well, like- you
2: were sold a valued co-worker." <laughs>
3: It's, it's, it's really, it's such a weird dynamic that, like, really is like... do you know something, right this is going to sound really weird and make me sound really heartless, right I, I, I kind of second a lot of John Cena's attitudes within relationships, <laughs> especially when you watch them on Total Divas, like there's one where like Nikki tells her that Dolph offered to marry her, and to like have children with her, and John went well, you know, if that's what you want to do you can go do that it's completely, even in Total Divas, he no-sells everything right. <laughs> but it's like, it's like, and it's just like, you know what? He's just, and she's like, no, I want you to go and beat him up and all that. And he's like, no, like, it's up to you. Like, it's your choice. I want you to be happy and all yeah. that. And she's like, like, getting annoyed that he's not annoyed. It's really funny. Yeah,
2: it's like, John Cena doesn't doesn't understand that the, the main point of Total Divas is to create, like, unnecessary drama for all. Um,
3: <laughs> exactly, is it nice? Cool. <laughs>
2: yeah, and uh, their their opponents were um uh, the Miz and uh, Maurice. Um, I don't know if you guys know like how the Miz and Maurice met, because it was on one of the uh, the old. Remember the fucking Diva searches. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, she was a contestant on one of those, and she's she's a French Canadian, and yeah,
1: she, uh, she's the daughter of what's his
2: chops. Oh Pierre Car- Carl. Yes. Is she? Is she really? No. I I just thought um. You the
3: one name. with one eye? Yeah, no, Jean with
2: Is that the same guy? I don't there's a lot of fucking Quebecans like uh yeah. floating around wrestling that time. But um yeah, so basically, yeah. uh she she's from French uh, French Canada and her English wasn't particularly good and uh she there was this bit of the thing where she had to cut a promo and uh, the Miz was hosting it and uh, The Miz speaks French. And uh so decided to do it in French then. And then, then, she cut this promo in French, and he was like, "Yeah, yeah, good, good stuff." And like he understood it all, and that's yeah, basically that's basically that. how they got together. That's a really nice story.
3: Was this at funny. the WWE Pyongyang Raw? <laughs> 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 but, but, but as we know, uh, as far as we know, Mess has not killed anyone. So it's okay. oh, well, he's, he's fucking tried. <laughs> tried. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um... I, I, I would just like to take a moment to mourn the fact that we did not get Maurici's actual banging theme tune here. Yes. I was so excited for poor Qua, like for her to come out and she came out with her husband like fucking good and I was like no, I love your music, like our music, that that song's amazing I love it, it's just a tip that and riff off like, of yeah. yeah.
1: I, I I know how, how that feels because I think I'm the only person in the world who used to get genuinely excited when um, when Rihanna would have a singles match and she won without <laughs> accompanied by Nicki Bella because I wanted that I wanted that fucking straight straight banner of a theme because it looked like it was probably taken from a film that um about like you know really 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 like high polluting awful DJs in like Hollywood in like the in like the sort of early two thousands.
3: Is this is um, the one that goes remote, Yeah Do be fair I remember I added an extra star on to the last three of because he got the rights to his music <laughs> and he played it unedited and I was so happy that for his big day they actually licensed his music and like it's the best ever. Yeah. I, I yeah. added an extra star to that match just for that. I mean, it's no, it's no, <laughs> it remode, for me. But yeah,
2: I do get your, uh, yeah. I do get your drift. So, um, I think one of the things, because, um, part of the history of this is that, um, John Cena and the Miz, if you're not aware, obviously you two guys are, but some of our listeners might not, is that, uh, they main evented WrestleMania 27, and oh. it fucking sucked. Um, it was basically <laughs> the build was all about John Cena and, um, John Cena and The Rock having beef because The Rock was hosting the show and um, and then basically and then the ma- John Cena got concussed during the match that didn't help and then the match ended in a double count out and then The Rock came out and went no 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 you don't get to end the match I am and then uh, <laughs> I may be confusing this with another Rock promo but um Yeah, so basically, it's it's regarded as one of the worst uh, WrestleMania main events of all time. One of the worst WrestleMania. I I remember
3: my emotion when that that ten count hit, and I was just like, "What? Like, we've not actually done this. Have we? what the fuck? Am I actually like having a a hallucinatory dream? This is (laughs) so bizarre." Yeah,
2: yeah, Yeah, like, and um, yeah, it was just, it was just, yeah, really, really surreal. And now, like, yeah, six years on. Um the Miz is doing some of the best work of his career um both on the mic and also also in the ring. He has developed, yeah. like it's taken yeah. him a while, admittedly, but he has developed into into a a very good wrestler. Like he's really yeah.
1: solid now. He's like the kind of guy that you can put in there with like pretty much anyone of any ability and he, he's not gonna stick the place up. So he might not always have the most stellar, um, complicated match physically that you're ever gonna have, but he's got really good, basic, decent psychology that can be applied to Lots of different types of opponents, and that's a really, really valuable thing when you're on TV every week, having to work with different people. I'm, I'm doing numerous house shows. Like the guy is, you'll never get that. You'll never get the amount of due um, that you should because, um, no. ironically, loads of people on the internet think that you have to have been to a wrestling training school to actually be a good wrestler, um, even though none of these people have actually been to a fucking wrestling training school themselves. Um, and um, <laughs> you know, like it, it's this, it's this bizarre thing. Um, but you know, I remember there was people. You know, for example, uh, Strowman at the moment, who's rightly getting a lot of praise for having leaps and bounds um, as a performer. Um, Now he's kind of, um, you know, vaguely cool to most people um, that that are wrestling fans. A couple of months ago, um, the chat that he was getting was that he was this, um, you know, um, that that he was a blight on the industry, taking another guy's spot. He's not a real wrestler. Um, You know, he should. should, Don't I fucking know it? You know, it's it's just like you know, like so fucking what. So yeah, if you're someone now. That is still uh, that still maintains that the Miz, um, you know, um, um, quotation marks can't wrestle, um, you know, um, and you'll notice that there's a hell of a lot of less chance of that at him these days um, because it's it's clearly nonsense if you if you think that. Yeah. Um, then you know, just get back in your box and shut the fuck up. The guy's improved loads. He's one of the best promos on the roster. He's got everything down now. He's got a great entrance, a great look, a great great. Um, I mean, I don't even know if we if we would call her a manager or if she's more traditionally what you would call a valet a valet. Um, um, or, or what? Like they don't really have those defined roles anymore. She's just kind of like, you know, Mrs. Ms., Mrs. Wife <laughs> that like that comes to the ring with her and and, and hangs out.
2: That's their stick, uh, yeah. You
1: know, and they're great. They're a great double act, and she's and and she needs to get a lot of praise as well, Maurice, because um she's got oh, yeah. tons of charisma. Yeah. Right? Um, tons yeah. of charisma, and she really really knows how to get over. Um, and I think that it's been a masterstroke putting those guys together. Um, and really from the moment that he, because uh, I, I, he went from being a guy who, who was my most hated guy on the roster because he was pushed as a face um, oh. uh, every period not long ago. And, you know, I never, I never want to, I don't care how nice he is in real life. I don't want to like The Miz when he's on my screen. I want, he's a great villain, right? And, you know, um, this, this run has just shown that. Um, so actually, really, a lot of people were kind of down, a lot of purists were down, on this match and the way it was booked and everything, but I actually found it pretty entertaining, um, the run-up to it. Um, And it was a little minimal match that did what it needed to do. There wasn't any, you know, great... Well, there wasn't any trees being pulled up during this match, but it was there for a purpose, and the purpose is um, that wrestling, and I always go back to this, wrestling isn't your fucking Efed from 2001, right? (laughs) That's that's not what it is. That's not the way it works practically. It's never been the way it's worked. There's always been novelty acts. There's always been um, really kind of, um, um, you know, um, uh, 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 daft things brought in from outside the realm of wrestling um, um, as a performance from other places to enhance it and make it into the variety show that it is, right? Um, you know that that's the tradition that WWE comes from. It comes from that that that, that kind of a
3: variety of tradition in some ways. Um, it's in, it's in the be, this is the best Butlins main event.
4: Yes, possible.
3: yes. yes. A, yes the, exactly. the, when I was watching this, I just thought this is just a Butlins match. Yeah, this it like is a holiday cat match from like yeah. you know the yeah. old like you know like Brian Danielson would have done a match like this. Yeah, In a similar pro- situation on Butlins Probably against, yeah, against
1: like James Mason
2: and Dean Ormark like, <laughs> yeah. yeah Dean Ormark You, you, you yeah, ought yeah, to yeah. have had uh, JoJo doing the ring and going Wrestlemania are you ready yeah. Yeah. You can go louder
4: than that Are you really
2: ready Yeah, um, yeah like um, I'll tell you who else has uh, improved a lot And that's uh, Nikki Bella And uh, she's yeah. got a bit more oh, credit for it, But like, But I remember back in uh, cause I, I started watching wrestling again back in about 2012, and the Bella Twins were reasonably prominently featured, and they were fucking terrible. Like they they did not know what they were doing, and Brie Brie has improved, but not as much. Nikki, I think she's she's changed the style up. She's like hit the gym quite a lot, very obviously. Uh, she started working like 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 a bigger person, and you know she's become quite a good like quite a good powerhouse wrestler.
3: I agree. See, do you know? Do you know when it actually started? It was actually around about the time that AJ and Paige were feuding, and you had the, the Bella breakup. It was around about then because I, I, I think I specifically noticed it, it was a, it was a title match between um, AJ and I want to say Nikki, and I realised at the time I was like, what the hell? She's putting on like lots of cool forearm's and things like that, like stuff that. You never really noticed before. And like my overriding emotion was is that you can clearly see that Fit Finley trains the divas because there was lots of I felt stuff that Finley clearly taught them. They clearly didn't do it as well as this wasn't like fucking uncensored ninety six or anything like that, but you could clearly see that he was showing them how to to work in a bit more of a you know, in terms of like strikes and things like that. Yeah. And since then, I, I've i always, like, since it would have been about 2014 since then, I've been a big fan of the Bellas, like, because they are, and especially because i watch watched Total Divas as well, like, they, they come across as, you know, like, generally all right people. Like, you know, they make mistakes sometimes, but you kind of you get emotionally invested in them. So, no, I I, I generally quite, you know, I love the Bellas. I actually prefer them to the, because you mentioned before that I really don't care about the, the the women's title you know the one like charlotte and sasha and things like that i actually prefer them to that because they actually give me something a bit more different as opposed to charlotte and sasha i know exactly what i'm getting i i and that's probably heresy but you know what i don't care
2: <laughs> well yeah I'm, I'm not a fucking religious man um the um
4: no, 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 I, no. I
2: think the, the way the finish was booked like um i saw a lot of people uh, predicting what would happen saying what uh, what what they should do is for the Miz and Maurice to go over, and then John and Cena saying, "Well, you know what matters um, more than uh, than winning or losing a match. You know, titles come, titles go, but um, you know what what matters most in life is." And then he just proposed. But anyone who thought that that was a remote possibility in the slightest does not understand the way that John yeah. Cena is booked in the WWE. As soon as this match was booked, I was like, "Okay." simultaneous finishes double pin even though one's not legal and sure enough that's that's exactly what we got
3: well you see the, the thing is really is that clearly the people who say that clearly don't understand how managed proposals work like, <laughs> i used to i used to jokingly propose to my wife in really bad situations because i thought it was really funny so like, for example we get stranded somewhere and miss the last train and i just get down on one knee and go linda I've been waiting a while to see yeah. this is really inappropriate situations to the point when I did propose, she thought it was a joke. <laughs> so what I'm saying is that don't fucking do proposals in really stupid down situations. You no. need the perfect moment. Yeah.
2: The yeah. Boy yeah. As,
1: as, as, as a little poet by the name of Martin McCutcheon once opined, <laughs> um, it's... Uh, that's a, <laughs> sorry. the like, percentage of people that are listening to that on the PWO network that will get that? Uh, oh, no. <laughs> 15, Fuck all. Twenty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, no, it, it 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 was a perfect moment, um, and, and we shared it all with them, and that was nice.
3: I thought. Um. and I, I mean, it I, 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 mean I'm, 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 I, I will fully admit I welled up, right? I <laughs> oh, fucking I welled up. It. Ken, if you didn't, you're a monster, right? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I don't care if it's a kayfabe stunt, right? For total divas, just to give them a wedding, so they have a yeah. whole series, because it'll build a whole series around it. I don't give a shit. I fucking nah. weld up. That's 2017. We can admit we weld up at these sort of things now. Yeah,
1: it's fine. I'm like I genuinely have a kind of um I don't know. People that have a that have a pop at this kind of thing in, in wrestling, right?
3: Assholes. People a that have of-
1: a pop people that that just have have got such a um a thing about this right it it really gets on my nerves okay as i said before there is historically and currently a time and a place in this in wrestling it's a fucking nearly 8 hour long show whatever it is for god's sake okay or all in all i i i personally don't want as as i've been through before five star matches from belt of, you know from the start to the finish of a, of a seven or eight hour show because then they're not five star matches anymore they're just real, all the matches clumped together that don't stand out okay i want something else in in my wrestling as well um, you know there are worse things in, in in the world than this all right so I, I get a bit fed up with, like, of like I've been accused of being like a, a kind of a kind of miserable bastard for like being a bit down on something like you know ricochet osprey because like, it, 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 um, it's it's doing something which isn't isn't to my taste in the ring uh, and then being told by the same people that this is the most evil thing that they've ever seen in wrestling and needs to be stamped out. Like, you know, like, just get a bit of a sense of perspective, I guess. Like, you know, like, it's... Just don't um, be
3: a dick. It's not fucking yeah, rocket like, science. Just yeah. don't be a dick.
1: Just, you know, like, and, le- and and so what if there's a bunch of people that are watching this for, from, like, from, from that are into Total Divas and, and don't really watch WWE much or anything like that, you know? Guess what? You're watching and you're a fan of and you're discussing the most mainstream wrestling company in the fucking world, all right? There is no underground in this, all right? You will never be edgy. Just stop it, <laughs> like, you know? Like, um... If you want to go and talk about like your fucking like you know and um, um, about evolve undercards and shit like that, go do it. There is a wrestling underground, okay? And even that now is being eaten up by the mainstream because it's fucking part of the mainstream. So you know.
3: Speaking just... of evolve, I think evolve are looking to rent that ring that Cena bought Nikki because it's fucking bigger than theirs and probably won't break. <laughs> 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 I've been wait like six days to make that joke. <laughs> Very, good. Like, Very
4: good. Like, yes,
3: I know. Like, um. I think I can sum this entire match up, and when I went to WrestleMania, and it was Cena versus Wyatt, and the entire building was just raucous for Wyatt, and just chatting, Cena sucks, and my wife turned to me and go, why is everybody booing John Cena? I went, because they're all fucking VLs who don't understand wrestling, right? And the guy (laughs) next to me, right was chanting Cena sucks and I went either hey, all fucking mutants who don't realise that Cena's the best worker there and they're all just actual wee virgins who just love work and all that and he stopped chanting right and I thought I've, I've, I've won it I've won I've beat a smart. I've beat him into the ground and I actually embarrassed him so much he's like you know what maybe I'm wrong he just stopped chanting so <laughs> oh, that's so, yeah. fucking great
2: like um <laughs> callback
3: I love Fatal Fantasy yeah
2: <laughs> before we move on to the next match um, um, PWO listeners public service if you don't know who Martin McCutcheon is um, if you've ever seen Love Actually she she's the character they're always on about her being fat despite the fact she's like no bigger than a size 12 because like people are shit moving on right so um, the next body match body
3: positivity yeah.
1: she was also once in a relationship with Luke Gallows years ago on British TV but that's <laughs> <on my> <laughs>
2: That's a, that's a different. That's a different in
4: joke altogether. So, carry um,
2: on. Coming up, coming up next. Uh, I think this match. Oh, I, this I think we time. might have some divided opinions on this, just like we did for uh, Oh Stars boy, versus do it. Uh, but first, thank you for reminding me, David. Um, we had a um some sort of um, musical endeavor.
3: Some rock and or roll. Rock and <laughs> and or roll.
2: Um, involving um.
3: I, I know them. I know who they are. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try and get this. We've got Pet Bull, mm-hmm, Flo Rida, yeah. Lunch Money Lewis, and who's the fucking other guy? He's oh
2: someone one of Bob Marley's disappointing kids. Stephen Marley, yes, <laughs> so it is. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like when you can't get Ziggy and you can't get Damien, you get Stephen. Like... Yeah.
2: He's like he's like bold it's like the Baldwins. You get Stephen if you can't get the good ones. Yeah, you get Fez eventually
3: if you keep going down, it's an infinite regress. Like... <laughs> Do you know how he likes his donuts? We're jamming. <laughs> oh, <laughs> For fuck's sake. Yes. Um, but
2: so yeah, they um, they performed the song Green Light, which, as we intimated in part one, is the earworm to end all earworms. Oh, yeah. um, you know, I I hear the song in my sleep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it haunts me. <laughs> it, it's my white whale. Um,
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, actually. Um, I just want to read my text message out about this concert that I've got a text message
1: George. about this concert as well. So,
3: oh
2: yeah, yes, right, please we'll, do.
1: We'll,
3: yeah. well, I'll go first, right. I'm on a delay right now, but I had to mention the fact that Pitbull dancing out his bin was incredible. Like when your cousin finds a gram of ching in his suit pocket at the (laughs) do-after-christening. Four and a three-quarter stars. (laughs) (laughs) That example might just be a Glasgow thing, to be honest. (laughs) I can
1: can guarantee it's not.
3: And then Josh just takes back going, nah, I can confirm it's leads to. (laughs) Yeah, that's just just a rota thing, that's universal. Like, believe you me. What's your what was your text message? Dad? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So um, a mate a mate of mine who um w- who actually wasn't gonna watch WrestleMania but was just on the piss and decided to watch it because <laughs> it was on. Um, and has no idea about wrestling at all, but he's a big MMA fan, right? Uh, uh, he he was like, they said Pitbull was gonna come out next, and I was like, shit, I didn't know that. I, I didn't know Tiago Alves had decided to become a wrestler, right? <laughs> Uh and that, and then he was like oh and, and like he genu- for a moment like he genuinely thought that WWE had signed either Tiago Alves or Patricio Ferrer um so like <laughs> he was he was he he, he he was a bit disappointed um when when the actual pitbull came out but he said he basically said I was so pissed that I thought well maybe he's just not been in fight camp for a
2: bit and he's looking a bit <laughs> wait wait I I was um, uh, you yeah, know wait till he finds out he's not uh, Gary Wolf or Anthony Durante either. Yeah, nightmare <laughs> scenario. <laughs> yeah, and um, speaking of nightmare yeah. scenarios, I will segue into this match if it fucking kills me. Um, we have a. I'm, I'm, I'm just um, trying to avoid talking about it. <laughs> we oh, had man. a non-sanctioned match, which was weirdly the only match to have a contract involved. Seth Rollins versus The Game, the King of Kings, Triple H. <laughs> so, lads, what do we think of this match?
3: It was shit, it was uh, absolute I- shit.
2: If 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 only non-sanctioned
1: meant that it actually didn't take place, as, as logic <laughs> would dictate. Um, yeah, sorry, lads, it's not sanctioned, therefore it can't happen. That would have made me a lot
3: happier. Um, I don't have a problem with non-sanctioned matches, right? I really don't. I think it's quite a cool device where you go, there's no rules, you can't sue us and all that, so they can be absolutely as barbaric as yeah, they yeah, want yeah. to, right? Problem is, is that WWE cannot do hate brawls, right? No. If if Ellie Park and Rush had an unsanctioned <laughs> match, yeah, now, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah, that that would be chaos and you know like and i sort of match with like this i'm expecting some sort of brutal la park rush beer bottle to the face you know mm-hmm. you want to kill them it's not a, not a wrestling match you want to actually just beat the shit out of them and kill them nah it's just a match just yeah yeah it's a bad I'm, leg
1: I'm, you know like i think I'm, I'm in agreement with that in the sense that um i have absolutely no problem with the stipulation um I do have a problem with literally everything else <laughs>
4: um,
1: so um, Triple H is um, one of my least favorite wrestlers of all time. I think perhaps I'm only equaled by uh, by Dylan Hales um, in terms of my my abject <laughs> hatreds for him. Um, a lot of people will will, will, will um, sort of will sort of uh, uh, give Triple H kind of nostalgia pop. Um, I never liked him when I was younger either. So this is consistent, at least, which is something I'm not always in my life. Um, and um, Seth Rollins um, might be the wrestler with the most exciting athletic moveset that simultaneously bores me to fucking tears I've ever seen in my life. Um, I mean, this guy, right, look. Okay, I understand that um, that, that that people have a lot invested in him. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, or that they're bad fans for that. It's just a, a fundamental disagreement of, in terms of what appeals to you in wrestling. Okay, there are some things that I need to be invested in the character. Okay, um, I either need um, there to be a level of engagement in terms of the character, in terms of the motivations that that I that I can understand as to what that character does and the logic that they use, combined with me wanting to see them wrestle in the ring. Now, that doesn't mean that they have to conform to the exact standards that I want out of what I consider to be a great wrestler, right? Not every single person has to be fucking Terry Funk or Toshiaki Kawada in there, right? Okay? Um, I will also watch a match um, for wrestlers that have very, very, very little actual talent at professional wrestling if I think I can get some kind of car crash element out of it as well, okay? Not all the time, but I'll dip into it and I might have some sort of affection for them, okay? Um, What I cannot stand is this kind of utter mediocrity that exists in between, okay? Um, and to me, that is what Seth Rollins is. He is the biggest uh, flatterer to deceive that I have ever come across, I I, I think, in, in pro wrestling. I didn't like him as Tyler Black in, in ROH. Um, the guy is technically very proficient, okay? But it's the equivalent to me of, um, you know, like, when you're younger or whatever and you first get into, like, punk rock or whatever and you're, like, you're, you're really ideological and you just, like... um. You know, like you're getting really fired up on this fact that all you need is three chords, right, and a guitar to go out there and actually express yourself, and like, fuck having to like learn all this technique and just go out there and say what it is that needs to be said, okay? Like that's empowering, it's wonderful, it's beautiful. And then some dick rocks up, right, next to you. Usually the kind of guy that um, ties his, his long hair back in, a, in an elastic band, right? Um, rocks up next to you, and he and he's all like, well, like, right, you know, this uh, this three chords song you're into. <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with a little guy by the name of Joe Satriani. <laughs> oh, you know, and you're just like, you've missed the fucking point, mate. You've entirely missed the point, right? To me, that's what Seth Rollins is. He's the Joe Satriani of wrestling, right? I'm not even talking like Satriani when he was like way back in the day, like, you know, hanging out with some people for vaguely interesting. Okay. It's all technique and there's no soul there. Okay. There's nothing to grab me. It, it doesn't do it for me. Um, I know some people are really into it. And they love that, and that's their thing. But it isn't for me, and that's how I feel about Seth Rollins. I feel like I should shut up now because we're going to, have to talk about Triple H at some point as well.
2: <laughs> yes, yes, we and, fucking are. What, what I will and, say is that one of my finest achievements in music was to, on uh, the Guitar Hero World Tour, to uh, successfully finish uh, the song "Satch Boogie" by Joe Satriani on the drums on expert mode, despite the fact I don't fucking play the drums. Like that, that <laughs> that gave me wood for weeks. <laughs> So, um, oh, uh, okay, so my opinion about this match, um, I thought this was the best match on the show. David has just given me, me an expression like like smashy and or nicey. Meanwhile, Daniel is... Yeah, my, screen, my, my,
1: my, my screen's not frozen, I should just point out. I'm just... Uh, <laughs> I'm just I'm just disappointed. Just
2: disappointed. <laughs> I'm getting like the the the, the side eye that um, jo- Jeremy Corbyn uh, gives you when he, he finds out like you you have some bad things to say about Hamas. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's yeah. here's why I enjoyed this match. Now I will admit that. The... Oh wait! You, you wait! 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 You're, you're not joking. No. <laughs> oh, fuck! <laughs>
1: Amazing. Oh. Okay. Well... Here
2: we go. Let's do this. Please. Okay. So um, three, two, I've one, thought, I'm activate. I'm,
1: I'm having a lie down. <laughs> I'm going have, have to
2: get on the psychologist couch for this one. Okay. Go on. okay so I'll, I'll I'll pay your bills seriously. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll probably have to regret that. Uh, but um, yeah. yeah so basically, um, I will admit the build-up was uh was really bad, and I I don't think holds harmless is a phrase in the English language or any language for that matter. Um. But, um, and also, <laughs> the fucking, other there were so many caveats before I actually start talking about why I like it. I do get the idea that, um, the, the match wasn't violent enough for the build. Um, you know, it was the classic, um, Triple H is going to wrestle you, uh, sort of what he thinks is Harley Race style, but without any of the things that Harley Race, like, that made Harley Race work. I get all that. What I will say is, it was You're like... You're really
3: not building a good case here, Charles.
2: I'm going to start talking about, like, the evil gene in a minute. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, I, 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 you know I, I didn't start my fucking PhD thesis with, uh, like, just undermining my arguments, like, five times. <laughs> what I will say about this match is that I don't know what it is. I think it might have been the fact that it was half three in the morning and I was delirious. Um, not the guy from ROH, the, uh, the 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 <laughs> state of mind, and um, I thought that this was a really well well built sort of you know slow paced but you know well well executed like just just classic wrestling match. And like the thing is, I can't even fucking justify it to myself because the previous night I'd watched I watched a NXT Takeover, and uh, there was that. Um, Bobby Roode versus uh, Shinsuke Nakamura match. And Daniel, I, I know you really liked that match. And yeah,
1: yeah, I thought that was that was, that was good.
2: And yeah, I, I was I, I was just completely bored to tears by it. And I think we've done a fucking <laughs> 180. Um because I thought that this was the kind of match that Roode versus Nakamura was trying to be and and wasn't approaching. And I think part of it was that like I've maybe got soft in my old age but I've become a bit of a sucker for Triple H's meticulous offense. I I half expect him to bust out the Indian Deathlock he tried to get over back in uh, back in
3: 2003. Did he he did it he did it in this Oh in did he? Did match. he? Yeah, he did. He, he definitely did I, it. I must have
2: missed that in my in my altered state.
3: Cuz I think they teased the fact that Triple H now has a leg submission that he can use and that was kind of one of the ideas he definitely I'm sure used the Indian Deathlock at one point um in the build to this to kind of put over the fact that he can trap him in a leg submission um to be honest right do you know something you're absolutely right when you say this is you know it, it was a, a well laid out you know well planned classic wrestling match my issue with it was that this entire thing was not built to be a wrestling match it was built yeah. to be a fight, and it really wasn't a fight to me and tro- like, like, see if they had just done a normal match, or like, you know, even just no disqualification, something like that, I'd probably have a ha- far higher view of this. But my expectation going in, because it's an unsanctioned match, there is a bit of a a gravitas to that that you kind of have to try and match, and they just couldn't do it, and it you kind of ruined the match. Right?
2: Yeah, no, no, I, 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 I completely get it. Like, what I would say is, like, if you see it in a vacuum, I think you'd, or if the build had been different, I think. It probably would have been a lot more enjoyable for you, personally. Yeah,
3: I feel that this is, I feel this is probably an, an alright an pay-per-view main event. You know, just like a, like a normal pay-per-view main event. You know, if you had yeah. that, that was a big match at the end. I don't think I would be disappointed at it. But I
2: think, yeah.
3: It's, it's, the, it's the way they built it. Yeah. It's, it was, it's Triple H and the Orton all over again for me. Yeah, because like... Triple H and the Orton should have been an unsanctioned match, I felt. And they, they should have just went mad with it there and he didn't and it's the exact same thing here same with the, the Roman Reigns last year actually because I mean they built that it was quite a quite a well built you know hate feud and nah, Triple H just has his style you can't divert I'm,
1: I'm glad you mentioned that because um this for me gets to the crux of it now right Um, I'll, I'll give him one thing I'll give I'll give Al Trips one thing right Um, and speaking of trips by the way George I'm pretty sure someone must have spiked your fucking drink at that Wrestlemania party you were at. Uh, um, and and, and if you can find out who it was and where they got that from just hook me up Um, uh, (laughs) nah I'm just being mean now sorry Um, but yeah like um, for me Triple H is good for one thing at Wrestlemania now okay entrances
2: Uh, oh yeah it was amazing wasn't it quite
1: quite enjoys entrances right because wrestling on that level on that stage should be absolutely preposterously over the top, ostentatious, in terrible taste, looked like a fucking explosion, um, you know, like in, in, a, in a costume factory. So that's kind of cool. I've got no issue with that, right, whatsoever. Um, and even actually, do you know what? Even though at the time I kind of shat on it, I can definitely see, now I re-watch it, uh, you know, outside of the build-up and everything, how that utter kind of, um, you know, train wreck, um, bizarro match that you had with Sting um a couple of many years ago that actually takes on a different kind of appeal now actually um and it's partially because um uh, uh david's made some very good arguments for why actually people should reconsider that um so i have rewatched it again um trying to get into that mindset and, and understand it from his point of view and that does make more sense to me um but the main issue that i've got with this is that this isn't the first time that triple h has done this Um, no no No, it's not um, it's also for me uh okay if you are what i can't get my head around right is that it's still this thing where you know it's like any 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 boss at any company um who does this who basically is is willing to almost bend convention um and, and become untouchable and and, and 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 become someone for whom the the normal rules do not apply is gonna irritate me anyway, right? Um and Triple H can get away with coming out and doing his portentous, his portentous introductions for the NXT show the night before and being the big face, okay? Um and then coming out here and cosplaying Ultra Heel for a night, right? Okay? Because, you know, not not to get too way Keller about it, like, you know, I'm not gonna go to like social media or anything like that, but I don't like that that disjunct, right? That, yeah, and, just yeah, drugs the drugs possession. Area. Yeah, I don't enjoy that. Um, and what I also don't enjoy, and this is just basic stuff, is, um, as we mentioned before there, um, right, Triple H is not methodical. Okay? <laughs> he Arn Anderson was methodical. Okay? Luthez was methodical. Okay? Uh, wrestlers like that were methodical. Triple H is bad. <laughs> right? <laughs> He wants H's to be a methodical wrestler. triple h is a bad wrestler. Methodical is a good thing right okay um what me- what methodical wrestlers do not do um is lose vast swathes of the audience who by the way they've got in the palm of their hand because of their reputation and their entrance, okay, and the pop Brit and the nostalgia. they do not lose vast swathes <laughs> of an audience with this it's not methodical it's plodding, okay, it's plodding. And it's plodding, even by the standards of all the old wrestlers that he's trying to actually emulate, okay? It
3: just doesn't do it. To be fair, right, I don't necessarily think this is a criticism you can level at Josh Triple H. I feel no, the it's entire not. W- the entire WWE style is too plodding. This match is like 10 minutes too long for me. See if they cut out all the dead space, and we'll come on to this later, because I have a point about this later, but see if they cut out the dead space and didn't have... Um, all this waiting around you could cut the the match down and it would be more there's more urgency to it but there's no fucking urgency to it i
2: i think i get i get your point like um methodical would imply a uh a, a dissection of um of maybe a body part or or something like that um i think when i say methodical i maybe mean what their definition of methodical is but what i actually mean is uh deliberate would that maybe be a a better word for it
1: yeah 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 definitely but like um I, I, but i still get the sense that when these um these words are used about triple h not necessarily but by, by, by you but um by people who are advocates for him as a worker right um i think that it's just a case of obfuscation mystification whatever you want to call it right not again not to get too litcrit about it or whatever but you know that that's what it feels like to me um now obviously there is just a thing that it, it, it could just be a difference in taste right okay but i'm not actually someone who despite um having preferences quite strong preferences for what I like and what I enjoy I'm not someone who will rule a, a worker out based on what what kind of style they work right um i I've got wrestlers that I whose work I adore that have worked in just about every style that you can imagine even if there's more uh, of one type than the other maybe on those lists okay um so I consider myself to be pretty open-minded also I'm more than willing actually to change my opinion on on, on a wrestler right and I've done this several times over the last few years I spoke about Tommaso Ciampa briefly on on the last podcast and he's a guy that's won me over a lot in recent years um, um also another one was, was Roderick strong who I thought was just bland as, as anything uh, for many many years and he was a guy that won me over by having a fantastic year um, um a year or so ago um in the work that he was doing so i i I would love to see a triple h match that I that I really enjoy right okay I'd love to and it has happened before don't get me wrong um it was just maybe about twenty years ago, um, and um, my 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 sort of uh, again, it's just this huge, giant ego maniacal um, exercise. It seems every year, um, whereby it's now almost it's now become the tradition that we have a Triple H match at, at Mania each year, um, and that to me is like um, I mean, talk about like kind of like the, the inverse of, of, of the streak. Um, <laughs> this must be like this 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 is the fucking dribble. This is what this is. This is the Triple H dribble. Like <laughs> it's um it's it's absolutely I mean, when's it gonna end?
3: Like Never. Uh, it's never gonna you know, But well, like, do, do you know something, right? I'm I'm kinda I'm kinda in the opposite boat. I like Triple H I used to really like Triple H when I was younger. So I kinda have that emotional attachment where I'll you know, I'll always give Triple H she's one match a year. Fair enough. I'll watch it, and I'll enjoy it. And Triple H Sting match, I mean that was my match of the year for two thousand and fifteen because I loved it so much. And like, you know but he has so many stinkers on him, so many. Like you've got Jericho, Reigns, mm-hmm. Orton. Yeah, like you know, I'll I'll watch it, but I don't necessarily need to like it that much. Um, but yeah, I, I quite like. You know, I think we need to like really um big up the term of Triple H dribble because that's a fantastic term. What 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 I
2: think like dribble H dribble F can I um, <sighs> fucking hell. So like, what I thought is like um. Uh, I thought the uh, I thought the selling of the leg was good. Like apart from Seth, like he, he didn't he didn't Ooh. sell on offense. He he did a bit actually. I will take a modicum of selling on offense over damn near most of the WWE roster. Who uh, John Cena, much as I think he's a fantastic wrestler, is pretty bad for this. When he's like, okay, it's time for me to be on offense. Like health bar regenerated to a hundred, and you know <laughs> he goes back onto it. I thought that was good. I also I did like. I think I'm, I'm also the, the guy who talks about finishes on this podcast, but like I liked the finish in that. Um, now, bear in mind that I'm not one of those guys who's like, oh, I want to see Steph get her uh, come up by getting like physically attacked. That's not like, you know, I'm not I'm not one of those cunts. But like what I will say is like it wasn't it wasn't the face like beating on her. It was like her, you know. Basically, not being hoisted by her own because that sounds like she has not coming. I don't mean that. But, like, it was the sort of thing where it was an accident and it played in some really good character work by Triple H where he was just like, oh, my God, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, what's happened? And uh, But um, rather than checking on his wife to see if she was all right, he was like, there was partially, like, to Seth Rollins, like, you son of a bitch, even though, like, he was actually the one who knocked off the apron. And also, part of that is, is Triple H checking on his stricken wife, who's just taken a pretty gnarly table bump? No, Triple H is going to try and win the match. <laughs> yeah.
3: And I, and hey, I really to, like that. to be fair, at least WWE are consistent, as I mentioned before, with John Cena continuing to cut a promo while his while his girlfriend was being wheeled away in an ambulance. <laughs> So they have, they have previous for this. So I'll, I'll yeah. give them that they're consistent in their our already. But, um yeah, er, uh, it's alright. It's <laughs>
2: When we have discussions like this, it's actually good, because like, it would be quite a boring podcast if, if all of, all of it was just like, oh, you know what, the, uh, the Holy Demon Army were pretty good, weren't they? Like yeah, yeah. like, yeah. Like, you're all just a bunch of yes men, aren't you? Yes, Mr. B. Yeah. Well,
3: if you love disagreements between podcasters over of whether matches are good or bad, you're oh. in for a treat right now, because this is my main event, I think, really, um, because...
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know of which you speak. Yeah. um, I don't know if there'll be that yeah. much disagreement, because I, I, I fucking love this as well. I don't know what Daniel's got to say, but, like, the next match is... Wait, I just
3: wanted
2: to... Yeah, go on, go on.
3: What is uh, the next match? Yeah, yeah. The, no,
2: no, 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 you're <laughs> right about what it is. The, the next match on the card is oh god no it isn't oh no oh no <laughs>
3: see I oh no
2: i've uh i've, I've missed no, no 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 out. we
3: all love the match after the match like, after we loved the yeah after. the match
2: before <laughs> here be monsters it was um bray wyatt defending the WWE d- 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 world heavyweight champion d- d- daniel is that your own noise yeah yeah that, that emanated from the deepest darkest pits of my <laughs> So I think it is the deep, yeah. deepest, darkest pits of my balls. Um, Bray Wyatt <laughs> defending nah, the world heavyweight championship against <laughs> low, Mr. Excitement. Low, lower in tone. Rand, Randall Kenneth Orton. I don't even know if his name is. A Kenneth human That's hot dog real. It's Keith? Yeah.
3: It's Randall Keith
2: Orton? Oh, is it? Yeah. Well, I, you you know you know what? Like I am actually glad that I maligned him by getting his middle name wrong for like this this fucking match. Honestly, like. If this is not the worst match we have covered on the podcast so far, like, I'd really... I'd really like... Yoji Anjo would have been... Getting the piss yeah. out of him would have improved this match immeasurably. Um, yeah. So, here's, here's what you need to know about uh, about this match. Um, it was a plodding SmackDown house show match, and every so often, like, pictures of maggots and cockroaches and shit got projected on the ring, and then... Orton fucking no sold them, and then just continue. And the third time he this like images of creepy crawlies happened, like he just hit his finisher and fucking won. Like, what what was the point? It was it was just what why what was this some sort of like you know how progress has like people's names on the canvas? It's like some sort of like fundraiser thing. Did people just like? submit their pictures to lului.com and they were just, right, right lads, so we're going to project some images, like we don't know what they're going to put on you know, uh, we've managed to uh, filter out uh, the 90% of posts that were one night in China and we've got uh, what we've got left were a bunch of pictures of insects from the Natural History Museum alright, go go out there and stink it up
3: Right, uh... have you got your plates ready? Get your, get your plates <laughs> ready because hot off the griddle I have a scorching hot take for you right now, I quite like this Matt Oh, okay,
2: okay, um
3: For two reasons. Yeah, yeah, go on, and then we'll dissect them at length.
2: (laughs) Just like the insects.
3: Yeah, speaking of dissection, right, this is a reference that Daniel will get, right, and maybe about six people, the guy from the Burning Spirits podcast. He will get this as well. I quite like this match because it reminded me of the video for Carcass's Weaker Future Faction. (laughs) (laughs) Because... In that video, it's them That's standing such a against I the...
1: like a match.
3: Because <laughs> like... I seen it and I was like, oh my god, it, it's just that carcass video. No, it re- it really right. is because mm. in that video, it's them standing against a white screen and they put, they put um, yeah. they put image the images from like the album cover, which is yeah. all um, cut out of like medical textbooks and it's all like yeah. grotesque injuries and things like that. And mm. if you are of weak disposition, I would advise not to look up that video because it no. is pretty distressing. But it may, I, I I I like that. like I like the fact that it was maggots, and then it was worms, and then it was flies, right? But you know what else I like? I like the fact that on... Again, we, we say this all the time. We've said this like three times already today. I don't really care about really good matches. I just want something that's new. And I can honestly hand on heart say I've never seen anything like this. And it piqued my interest. And I enjoyed it because of the projections. Because I'm like... Right, fair enough. Sometimes it's a hit or a miss, but they're trying new things. The crowd... The crowd were revolted by it. They were like, oh... oh and I I like that. I like the fact that the crowd were actually like, oh, what, what the fuck is that? And, yeah, I, I, this is purely down to the projection because the match itself wasn't very good. And I don't really care about Bray Wyatt or Randy Orton. And I hated this build, right? But... <laughs> Those projections I really like. Yeah, David, David. This is and that's enough. No, no,
1: right. Okay, how about we do this then? We'll give we'll give we'll give a, we'll give some ratings to the um the, the, the projections, right? <laughs> right. And then we'll and then that'll that 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 should um, that should tickle your tugboat for now. <laughs> um And then we'll
3: um, we'll we'll. we'll talk oh yeah, I have nothing it. else apart from the <laughs> well, projections. Yeah. But anyway. and then,
1: So and then we'll talk about the match
3: itself. <laughs> this, this isn't so, a yeah. like
1: Guggenheim, son. Because I I, no. I, I I wouldn't necessarily disagree that taken in and of themselves the projections weren't impressive
3: <laughs> on no, I, I, it wasn't even necessarily a, yeah, yeah. It was a, they were aesthetic, aesthetically impressive and they were something I ne- couldn't honestly say I've never seen in a wrestling match before and yeah. it's Bray Wyatt and I mean there, there's an article on the I maintain the double foot stomp is silly at the moment that Sarah's put up about The Undertaker mm, and the I'm going now. to add to it because um, I I want to put in about the thing I loved about The Undertaker is not the, all, all the great matches he had, but the opposite, all the anti-work great matches he has, you know, the last ride matches, the body bag matches, giant Gonzalez, clodiforming them, those sort of things. I love that sort of stuff and feel that it's completely gone from WWE now, and it's, you know, it's not there anymore. And you I, I always liked watching Undertaker because of all the weird shit that would happen. Nobody else is like him. And I like the fact that even though it might not necessarily have been the biggest hit in the world, this kind of separates Bray Wyatt from the pack because he can do weird things with projections and these sort of things happen during these matches. And now, I'm genuinely interested to see his main event matches because I know they'll do weird shit. And by the way, this match that they're having at Payback, is it Payback or Extreme Rules? Have you heard about yes, what they're having?
2: it's a House of Horrors match, is that what
3: it's called? A House uh, of Horrors uh, match, right? That, that, it's uh, going to be, I mean if for Wrestlemania they get projections on maggots I and they said that they're going to test Randy Orton mentally right it's going to be a fucking <sighs> puzzle game right and I am so ludicrously excited to seeing what absolute shit show they bring out for this well well, they don't and test
2: him for drugs you... anymore so they might, might as well test him mentally yeah
3: <laughs> Exactly, like, are they going to make him... Is it basically going to be, like, the wrestler covering the Professor Layton? Like, you can hit this move, but first of all, you need to, like, solve this puzzle where you have to put together a jigsaw and things. It's basically the Krypton Factor, right? I want the fucking Krypton Factor for the world See, title. So
2: You're you dealing with the Krypton the I- Factor! I
3: got everything I ever wanted! <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh,
1: brilliant. Um, yeah, um, Nero fiddles while golden Burns. Um, but, um... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Right. Okay. This is what I'm worried about, though. Right. Is that I know, David, that that that, that you basically want, um, that you essentially want, um, um, uh, um, Ronnie Garvin versus Ric Flair inside uh, the Crystal Maze. Right. Okay. Um, essentially, sure, yes.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. Um. What I fear <laughs> that you're going to get. Um, oh no! Is, I know. I know. Is 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 a three-tier cage, Z gangster. Fucking um um you know style meltdown. Um you see that as if that's a bad thing. <laughs> like,
4: well
1: no, no 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 true. Um but like and, and here, right, do you not think this this is a thing though as well? I think that again, right, um Bray Wyatt, okay, when I first saw him performing at NXT a few years ago, I was so excited, right? Because I saw him um he didn't really cut a big promo or anything but it was just the way he actually interacted with a few of the people backstage i saw a guy that was almost i thought unparalleled um um at that point or certainly was someone that i hadn't seen be able to inhabit a character like that um um, um you know and um, for many many years um and genuinely i was thinking this guy could be an, a, a new jake roberts and sadly he's proven to be a new Jake Roberts because um, he has all the <laughs> potential in the world with his character um, and he's got really disappointing matches in Rim. Uh, so, um, you know, uh, but unlike Jake, he's not even ever managed to have um, <laughs> um, 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 anything really other than the first couple of months of his room where I was actually even vaguely interested in the character. And it just feels like a massive, a massive um, disappointment to me. And it feels like now I'm 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 actually like you David I don't again it's WWE this is this is the mainstream this is where daft things should happen right you know over the t- silly things should happen I um I I I don't mind that no problem um with that but I do need it to be backed up with uh, interesting character work good promos and, and 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 wrestling that excites me um and I feel like Wyatt will every now and again like again every now and again you'll 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 think is this the point where Bray Wyatt's going to turn the corner? Is this the, you know you have, you have a half decent performance in there somewhere, and then you're never quite sure if it's was that him that was really bringing that decent performance there, or maybe it was the other guy in the match who because who, I don't know how fucking wrestling works. I've never wrestled a match in my life, um, so I've always got those doubts about him. But I feel like he's hindered as well hugely in in, in matches like this when it's almost as if WWE uh doesn't seem to trust him. To actually just go out and have um, the, the the good match from a performance standpoint, and sometimes when they throw things in like this, I can feel like they're almost trying to distract from what they know is going to be a stinker. Um, and if they don't have the confidence in them to go out and do a great match without these these like uh, on the big stage without these um, baubles, and mirrors, yeah. Then why should I? And it's not that I'm against the smoke and mirrors. I like the smoke and mirrors, but they need to be earned to me. Um, yeah, and they need to like, feel like they've got yeah. a bit more behind them. No, yeah.
2: yeah, what what I'll say is that I mean, David, you love the um the the supernatural stuff, and I I like it too in certain cases. You know, um, the Undertaker, he, he's always mm. been a character because like he he's about the the occult, so, you know, death things like that. Um, however, what I would say about Bray Wyatt, well, I wish he just would not do it entirely because, um, they clearly want him to be like the new Undertaker in a sense, not in terms of his size or anything like that. And you know he's a way better promo than Taker ever was, but in terms of of the supernatural, and I don't think that quite fits with his character because you know the 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 kernel of his of his persona really is that he's this sort of backwards swamp cult leader, and the thing is about cult leaders is cult leaders are really scary, but they're not scary because they've got supernatural powers. You know, people like um, Jim Jones, David Koresh, Shoko Asahara, um, yeah. we had to have a Japanese cult leader on Being the poor poor Podcast, uh, Charles Manson, oh. you know, they, they don't have supernatural powers because supernatural powers don't exist. The reason cult leaders are scary is because of their powers to persuade, you know, the powers to convince they people. To make you
3: think that they have supernatural
2: Yeah, exactly, powers. which uh, by all accounts, uh, exactly. a lot of these cult yeah, leaders, yeah. that was the belief, yeah. Um, but yeah, they have the power to persuade their followers that... They have some sort of higher wisdom that they can provide a solution uh, to their problems. Because like cults don't recruit people by you know acting hateful. They pretend to be your friend. They you know they pretend to have the the answers to what uh, to what plagues you. And suddenly you're calling yourself Jared and talking about orgones. Um. But like the um, the the problem is that who have we seen Bray Wyatt as a cult leader actually convert? To my mind, there are three names. So there's Braun Strowman. And he just rocked. you didn't see you didn't see the process of him being recruited. He just rocked up and yeah. was like, "Who the fuck is this big massive guy?" And he he's not in the family anymore. You had uh, Daniel Bryan who was in it for fucking two weeks and then you know seemed to change his mind. And you have Randy Orton in the feud, and he was self admittedly in kayfabe only doing it to get to Wyatt. And now, when you think about it, Bray Wyatt is actually with all the like the breakups that the the family has had, Luke Harper coming and going, coming and going. Bray Wyatt is is the worst cult leader ever. He's actually lost more followers on screen than he's oh, actually he's, acquired. He's dog shit. Like he's dog shit. He's this, worst this is the cult problem. Ever. I uh, I feel that like if you actually saw him, you know, I basically the army that he has in the storyline are are the fans. Like, did you know he calls them his fireflies? They, they never seem to mention it, but um, <laughs> yeah. you know he Amazing, he, um, he re- re- recruits the fans, I guess. But that that doesn't play into the story. So the, the... not not unless not unless he's a face. Yes,
1: exactly. Which in you know, face... which case I can see that working actually a little bit better. And you never know. Maybe um, I, again, White's not a guy that I'm actually I, I'm going to lose all hope on by any stretch of the imagination. Because um, I still think, despite all this, that there could be something there actually. Um, you know, so I don't know. They just need to do something a little bit different with the dynamic for me. You
3: see, I'm a, I'm a bit strange, and I lost, um, all whole one white after about three weeks, right? Because I know that sounds really harsh, but I see when they the first came up, I loved them. I loved it. I loved the idea. It was great. You remember they had the, the bloody apron in the yeah. shed, and they were all there, and they were coming yeah. and all that, and then the attack came, and it was great, and they're like, yeah. The problem is to see the moment that they, like their entrance music started and they came out from the Titantron, and got the key and everything. Mm. You know he's meant to be this radical outsider who doesn't. He's not, you know, but he. But WWE have acknowledged him. WWE have, um, you know, they are actively promoting him. They are paying him to wrestle. If, if he was, you know, if he was like a real cult leader, he wouldn't come out of the with a Titan draw, he wouldn't yeah. have the key, he would come out of the crowd or, you know, something like that.
1: But they could do that. I mean, there, there, there is a precedent in wrestling for having that, for having like um, in the old territories and stuff like that. They'd do things like, you know, um, they'd have guys who would turn up and it would be like, oh, you know, he doesn't work for us, he hasn't signed a contract with us, you know, that, that kind exactly. of thing. Um, yeah. They'd come in and be these kind of outside. Um, 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 kind of um, malevolent forces, or, or, or almost, you know, um, that had no concern actually about competing formally, um, because you know um, they were just there uh, to, to 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 cause violence and, and harm people anyway. Uh, you know, now obviously, you know, you can't do that forever. Uh, because yeah. it out stays it's welcome, but that can be a good way in. Um, e- even something like, um, you know uh, to, to use an incredibly prominent, um, the most famous example of it, even somewhat like um, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash as The Outsiders mm. um, yeah. in the first few months of um, you know coming in and usurping and turning upside down the way the normal show is run. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly.
3: The other thing that can pisses me off about him um, is that he's, made, he's portrayed as this mad cult leader, psychopath. Well, you know, cult leaders are meant to be psychopaths. What really has he done apart from maybe Kane, you know, like goosing Kane on the first night with the stairs? What has he actually done that is really that bad?
2: Yeah, that's that's the thing, like, you know, with regard he, to the um the supernatural elements, like, I think if you wanna have them then that's fine, but like have them have them do something. Like you had Orton um you know, Orton basically no selling these projections. You've had in the past him like taking Kane away and like Trying to use spooky shit to mess with the Undertaker, and everyone's like, "No, I'm fine." To be honest with you, it's like if this was the '90s, they, uh, the early '90s, they would fully commit to the wacky shit. That's why Taker got over because all this mm-hmm. stuff, like the fucking blood and the power, power and all this stuff, like mm-hmm. they didn't half-assed it because they wanted to be sort of post-Iron. It's like, oh, you know, we like we don't take this seriously yeah. either. You know, that's that's the yeah. problem. If they're really committed to it and actually portrayed him as a threat outside of he's in K fade good at wrestling, then that would be mm. fine. And this match really mm. <laughs> it epitomized all of the faults um about how Bray Wyatt has been presented over the years. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I I, I agreed. I agree. I just thought it was um as I said, I the, the the and I guess the the other issue I have with this as well is like um you don't necessarily need, I don't think, to have um, you know, um every match be um um a, a kind of incredibly complicated convoluted narrative um in which there's a lot of twists and turns and, uh, and, and and you know huge amounts of near falls and things like that but as you said again with the finish george um it almost struck me um with this that if i didn't know that mania was such a tightly planned show right from from start to finish i would all, almost have um of thought they called an audible on this one um and thought this is no one's into this um just fucking take it home uh, you know, um, because I mean, I know that the whole the whole the whole thing, the whole autumn thing is you know, out of nowhere, uh, but um, it, it, even then it, it still felt kind of um, undercooked at that point, and, and you, know, you know and I'm glad it was this short as well because I thought
3: it was really, really boring uh, but well, that, yeah. That, that was another thing I liked about it is that it was short yeah, I think they did kind of cut their losses to talk If we're going
1: to talk, realize... talk about short matches that are great, and that are well. actually, and, and the way to actually do a short match I think that might be the first time I've ever actually successfully
3: segued. Um, awesome. Um, yeah, you
2: know, it, yeah. We have
3: another match to, to talk about later. <laughs> yeah, well. Oh, mammy. Well, do you know what's next, Daniel? Do yeah. You know what the next match is.
2: Yeah, well. Uh, um. So, um, let's let's get into it. Um, WWE, um, multiversal championship on the line. Um, it is uh, Bill Goldberg defending against Bork Laser. Now, um, going into this match. Um, I was so not high on the prospect of this. Now, fair enough. I thought that uh, day, David. I know you absolutely loved their match from uh, last year because yes. it was it was, and I, I get why you loved this, and I loved it too because it like was it. it was different. It was wow, the unbeatable Brock Lesnar, this like semi-mythical destroyer has not Dick Bear. um semi-mythical destroyer <laughs> has come back and. And absolutely annihilate him. You know where does Lesnar, who thought he was invincible, uh, go from here? You know it it was compelling stuff, and then they came they came into the rumble. Goldberg trucked him again. You know, brilliant. But I had my doubts about um, because WWE seems to have this thing is that you know their big matches need to be a certain length, you know, to to really feel quote unquote epic. And I had such fear that Goldberg who has taken like he took one bump in this entire run i i had visions of them going like 12 15 minutes um with this and i thought it would end up like their notorious um yeah bed shitting moment at uh, wrestlemania 20 and um happily this was a the complete antithesis of that match because they got in kept it short it was less than 5 minutes it was intense it was violent and it was really compelling. It was sort of a great epic match, really condensed into a, a short amount of time. And B, it really um, sort of supported the truism I often say: is that it's not about how many different moves you can do. Because if you look at the moves in this match, there were precisely four different varieties. If you don't include things like Irish whips, leap frogs, and that leapfrog book did was just fucking ridiculous. Oh, I mean, but what you have yeah. were well, shit ton of Germans, as Brock has been known for. F five, spear, jackhammer. That was literally at the only four wrestling yep. manoeuvres in this match and this was absolutely wonderful i enjoyed the fuck out of
3: this i i would just yeah. like to sit this put in this moment right to tell you that i'm completely fucking right all the time right because i would like to refer back to icw feeling loathing do you remember me you and a lot of the maintainers met up in the pub yes and it was the night of survivor series and i was talking to tanya about this yes and i said at the time i said. No, Tanya, it's going to be great. She said, no, it's going to be dog shit. It's going to be absolute dog shit. No, I'm telling you, right, all they need to do is they're just going to go out. They're going to have a short match. They're going to beat the fuck out of each other. It's basically Goldberg-Scott Steiner from Full Brawl 2000. Do you remember that match? Uh, I've remember not that, seen it, but I've it. Unbelievable match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it's, they just pulled out this unbelievable match from nowhere. So they If they just do that and they have Lesnar do his thing and do this mat, build it around that match and just keep it short it will be amazing, I promise you, and Tanya said, no, I don't believe you, it's not, it's going to be dog shit, right? <laughs> and to be fair, at that time, it was, it was amazing, but it wasn't what I predicted, but they came through for me exactly, they just chucked each other about, they beat fuck out of each other, there was no, no rest whatsoever, in there. no wasted in motion, no dead time, as I mentioned before with Triple H, Rollins, the, you know, there was so much dead space with that, they they, you know, me, they were methodical <laughs> there was no there was no methodicalness here it was actually Goldberg is like I can beat him if I just hit the spear and if it doesn't work the first time I'll do it a second time and a third time and a fourth time and Brock Lesnar's like I can, if I just do the suplexes I can get him and if I don't if it doesn't work the first time I'll do it again and again and again and again and it was literally just these two these two people coming together with these kill shots And just smashing into each other and seeing who wins. In fact, I'm going to make a point of uh, putting in here, Trask from Wrestling With Words put up a fantastic article about this match and about how matches don't need to be long. Uh, It's on the Wrestling With Words website. It's put up today. Everyone should go out and see it. It basically sums up all my points and sums up everything I love about wrestling and why I love things like Poseidon Adventure Matches. Robot Wars, things like that. It sums it all up, and it, it makes exactly, it 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 shows it shows exactly there, and gives you a good insight into how I view wrestling. But it's a fantastic article, and you really all should look out for it. But this match is fucking incredible. I have it number three on my match of the year list. Actually,
5: you know what?
2: There's an argument to be made for that. There've, um, I mean, you know, I yeah, you know, I mean, I I like Triple H Rollins, but like Rude Nakamura was five times as long. And probably about one fifth as good, you know. It was um, this match was exactly, and I'm not saying like I'm not gonna if you're giving star ratings and go like oh five stars is the greatest thing I've ever seen, but like uh, Bailey versus Nia Jax at uh, Takeover 2015, where Nia Jax was very green and had literally only been wrestling a few months, this was the best match it could possibly have been.
3: Yeah, there's only one thing that I I thought they could have done. If they had done this, I think it would have picked or Omega for me, genuinely, right? Where I wanted Lesnar, to go or Goldberg, to go for the spear, and Lesnar catch him on the Kimura, because yes. I lost my shit. Because he would have been the perfect position if they had done that. No, no no, shadow of a doubt, it would have been number one. But he didn't do it. And I was like, you know what? It's still a fucking incredible match. I really shouldn't grumble about things like that. For little weeks, I was like, they're going to do the spear in the Kimura spot. If they do it, I'm going to lose my shit. But... Yeah, that there, this there there is this is an incredible match. And yeah. it's like four and a half minutes long. It's it's outstanding. It's the best match by a million miles on this show for me. Nothing even comes near it.
2: Yeah, like, um well, I, I've I've got no more to say about it really, but like uh just I mean I guess like the match itself, our analysis is like, yeah, get in, get out, it did exactly what it needed to do. It's it's the SAS of uh <laughs> Of um, of wrestling matches without any of the weird ethical imperatives. Um, Dan- Daniel, what would uh, like? I I guess you like you liked it sort of about the same amount we did. Is that the impression? Yeah,
1: I-, I loved it. Um, I um I have to be honest though. Um, I actually originally on my first watch of, of Mania, um, I was done by this point um, emotionally, um, chemically, um, like, uh, psychologically. Um, you know, a, a tiredness level, I was just done in. So I just had to, I turned around um, to Gary and I said, I'm really sorry, but um, I'm going to have to, um, I'm going to have to go for a little sleep. Uh, now, the thing is though, is that I'd actually, um, is that both of us uh, didn't realize um, that the, the card actually had another um, another match on it, right? Oh. Um, so, so I thought, that the next matchup, um, uh, after the 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 the, the Orton, um, Wyatt match was uh was gonna be the SmackDown uh, uh women's match, okay? Um, so I thought I'll go for a tactical nap, right? And Gary, nice. I, I just I just left Gary in the front room, um, and I thought he was gonna carry on watching it, um, but he thought the same thing, even though we'd not discussed this with each other, we just we we both thought this. So he had a little tactical nap as well, and then we woke up. Um, and because um, I, I, I overheard um, uh, Just to preempt what we're going to be I'm sure no one's going to be bothered about spoilers But uh, I, I woke up because I heard Naomi's music um, And obviously uh, Na- Me hearing Naomi's music Is very much like um, In the um, in the old days when the vagabonds Used to hang out in the woods uh, To escape the, <laughs> um, the the gentry And um, the call would go up <laughs> on, on a big horn um, if the sheriff's men were in the forest um, and everyone would prick up their ears and oh my goodness, so when I hear Naomi's music, I need to be in there because I, you know I I I, I, I got to see my Bay. Um, and um, but I, I I I kind of um, ran in and, and then the next match on was the main event and me and Gary thought oh well it must be Lesnar versus Goldberg that's the main event then that's a that's a brave fucking choice and then obviously the next match finished and we, and we were like oh okay. <laughs> uh, so, um, oh, you poor <laughs> bastards. Oh. I know, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, knowing my luck, I'll probably miss you. I'll probably miss you on that yeah, Um but, um <laughs> it was just an absolute nightmare. So yeah, I had to watch this the next day. Um and I knew it was probably gonna be short, uh, just because um I-, I hadn't been asleep that long. <laughs> uh and um I kind of thought that it was going to go a completely different way. Um, I thought what, that what they might have done, and I'm glad they didn't do this, I thought they might have literally had um, ha- had Brock just I mean, destroy Goldberg from the opening bell. I thought there might even be, um, you know, um, um, some kind of quite controversial spots with them that were quite violent, things like that. I thought they might use this to do their what now seems to be annual attempt to um, to to, to let, make people forget that Brock has actually lost a few matches um, and maybe try and get him over again as this big, huge, enormous monster and have him just wipe out um, the part-time guy, okay? As almost like, um, I suppose he's part-time now as well. But you know what I mean? I thought that was how it was going to go. And I like the fact that it was this just like balls to the wall drama in which um, you know both guys threw their their, their biggest um, their, their their biggest um, sort of things in their arsenal at each other, um, and it was so compact uh, and it was great because if you actually look at now their 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 latest trilogy of matches, um, I think if you add them all up, probably they're nowhere near as long as the as the famous um, as the famous um, dog shit match that they had at a previous Mania, um, but it's just. All been completely thrilling. Like um, every single one they've had has been completely thrilling, and I actually think that. And I, need, I think we should give a shout out to Goldberg as well because I don't want to talk too much about the um, the, the 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 post-Mania crowd because that's a different a different subject and I'll just be at it for ages. But I don't know if you guys saw the um, the video that was taken after uh, the Mania after Raw yeah. finished.
4: Yeah. Um,
1: when mm. when Goldberg came out and did his and, and did his speech. Um. And I think that um, if you take that speech. In conjunction with um, the three matches that they've had, um, I think that it's actually been—it's it's been as good a return as it possibly could have been for Goldberg.
3: Yes. Without a shadow of a doubt. And, and, I don't they're doing any better.
1: You know, yeah, it's just—and it, that was just a, that, that 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 speech after Raw, um, in which he managed to make a bunch of you know the very 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 worst um, kind of shithead smarks. Uh, feel not only a little bit guilty um, for how much they fucking ruined the show for everyone else, but also had the balls to actually go out there. And you could tell this was a guy who knew this was the last thing he was probably going to say for at least a very long while um, to these people. Um, And he went out there and he managed to get their attention uh, because he was honest with them. And he said, look, I know you haven't been doing this for the most of the night, but I want you to listen to me now, you know, and that took balls as well. I thought, Um, and I just think that it's been as well executed as it possibly could have been. And, You know, I don't want uh, the I don't want the enormous fifteen twenty long minute match between them. I don't want that to ever happen. To be honest, I don't need it to. It's been a perfect little run of matches for me. Um, Everything I like about uh, about wrestling, to be honest, like um, just yeah, really good.
3: The one one thing I wanted to mention as well is that um, Edge and Christian made a podcast. Like they did one uh, last week, and they had Goldberg on as their first guest, Hmm. and Goldberg basically went into his training regime and basically what's happened. Um, you know, in terms of, like, his return. And he's basically explained how difficult it was because Goldberg now is around about 235. Mm. So he's five pounds over the cruiser weight limit in WCW <laughs> and what his normal weight is. Yeah, yeah. And he said, like, I had the choice. I could, I, and he was in like, an incredible car- cardiological shape. He could go for ages. And obviously, like, he does, like, kickboxing and things like that. He was in, like, proper, like, really incredible fit shape. And then he, he, kinda, he was like, I need to make the choice. I can either go in as, you know, um, you know, Hovind Hood Goldberg and, you know, look like, you know, um, like more meat in a butcher's pencil. And I can be all fit and run about and go for like 15, 20 minutes. Or I can give them the look. Because he's like 49 now. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I need to give them the look. I can't turn up looking at like some sort of malnourished waif. Like, I need to get, they, they want to see the Goldberg from like 1998 who beat Hovind yeah. and things like that. So he went into like he went into his training regime about how hard it is like it's it's actual torture for him like it's an absolute nightmare and basically he's bulked up to this massive weight which is way over what he usually does, and he's lost all his cardio he cannot do anything like and he publicly admitted this is, he mm-hmm. had to trade my cardio for the size and I can't do anything, and I was really worried that yeah he was gonna, especially when he said that he's gonna get gassed and it's gonna be um you know a nightmare for one of a very rare situation where wwe actually looked at somebody's downside and worked around it, yes. and worked on yeah. their positives they accentuated the positives and get rid of the negatives and bravo for them to just go not nope, five minutes there we go he's not going to get gassed out they'll give him this big match because you know they'll, they'll go you know hell for leather with it Yeah, it was perfect and it worked for everyone. Brock Lesnar looked like a monster. Goldberg didn't, you know, look like a burst couch at the end, and we got an amazing match out of it. There's not really much else to
2: say about it. No, I thought I yeah, I think solid thumbs up on that. So um, the penultimate match on the card was not originally slated for the uh, for the main show. So it was a uh, six way match for the uh, SmackDown Women's Title. Uh, between uh, uh, champion Alexa Bliss defending against uh, Carmella accompanied by James V. Ellsworth, uh, Mickey James, <laughs> Natalia, Becky Lynch and uh, the returning uh, Naomi who had to uh, vacate the title because of uh, injury. Now, um, there was a lot of uh, people quite upset online that um, this match got uh, pre-showed as the SmackDown women have quite often on double uh, brand pay-per-view since the split. And... I, I, you know, I was I was very sympathetic to this because you know you can talk about your women's revolution all you want, but you've got if you have one women's match on the main show and then one on the pre-show, um, you know, how much of a of a of a, of a revolution is, is that? It's like uh, the Louis Alter quote, you know, that the uh, revolutions end up consuming themselves, you know, um, and um, you know, I tell you what, Alter is a bit of a shooter, wasn't he? i was gonna say yeah
3: let's 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 let's, let's stray away from that one uh um, yeah I, I i know the exact reason why this could put onto the main show i can tell you the exact reason right now why this was on the main show instead of the pre-show yeah because it's dark yes that's it for Naomi's entrance because you can't yeah. do that in the pre-show uh, like you know four o'clock in the afternoon it doesn't work They they they, they put it on afterwards just to kind of kill the crowd down she got her entrance I'm glad you did
2: it. Yeah, like that That's was good. the that was one of the great things because yeah, if it was on the pre-show, plus like the match that probably got bumped onto the pre-show, for I saw some fucking fud on Twitter, um, going on about the inter- when the Intercontinental uh, title match came on, it's like oh, you you feminists uh, got this stuck on the pre-show, and it was like mate, it fucking deserves to be on the pre-show if that, you know, um, but yeah. Focusing on the positives, uh, of this match, it was pretty short. They didn't pack in nearly as much as the, uh, as the, uh, as the Goldberg Lesnar match. But this this match, Naomi is an absolute star because, like, she's 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 good in the ring, and now she's got a bit more of a gimmick. Um, other than you know, they always say she's the most athletic woman on the roster, and it's it's blatantly because she's African American. Yeah,
1: um, that is that is that is drenched in so much. Yeah, like so much old, 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 old school, like um, uh, you know, uh, uh, preconceptions and like clumsy, um, like uh, you know, uh, app- approaches to, to race. It's not even funny, but let's. Yeah. Just yeah. as long as you always
3: know, say Tamina is got a harder head than oh, everyone. fucking hell! Like,
2: yeah. yeah. Like...
1: Well, they did a, they, Well, Tom Tom Phillips came mighty close to describing Akira Tozawa as having a hard head. Um, oh. uh, on um on 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 two hundred five live uh, uh, recently so. Uh, Christ, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah,
3: yeah I, yeah. I feel that at this moment, it's all been building up. We need to let Daniel opine about Naomi for a couple of minutes, because... <laughs> oh,
1: no, I don't want to sound... Oh, this... Right, I'll, I'm right. This isn't a creepy thing, necessarily, okay. Uh, but full disclosure, like, um, Naomi's, like, one of my favourites on the entire roster, which is, I know people are going to think that's really weird, coming from the guy who's, like, literally name-checked like Arn Anderson and Lou Fez, as, like, example <laughs> of, like, um, of, of of great workers that he likes, right? But sometimes in wrestling, um, especially as I, right, again, I watch each different promotion and sometimes even each different match that I watch, right? Um, I watch it uh, with a different head on, okay? I spoke, I have got two different heads when I'm, uh, I'm watching wrestling um, in the last episode where I've got a critical one and I've got uh, one that takes things at, at face value, okay? And what I really like about Naomi is that um, as she evolved as a character, she's um, she initially used to be in um, the uh, in, on the one side of my brain where you know ah oh, fair enough like you know she's not really that great in the ring and she's you know kind of a bit of a um, um, a, a kind of boring character that doesn't have much about her uh, but you know um, she knows she, but she does um, the the odd decent move now and again and she's not entirely awful and I don't hate her and you know she seems like a nice person on Total Divas and that oh, was yeah, she's lovely in Total her. Divas and, and that was where she remained for ages and then. When what I really like about wrestling um, is that I, I like being able to uh, to notice when someone who you've had down as being kind of a little bit average and um, a little bit uh, a little bit dull is clearly beginning to work at their craft. Yeah. Right? Um. And clearly is beginning little things are beginning to click. Now look, I'm not saying that Naomi is um, a world class worker or anything at this point, right? Because she isn't. yet. Um. But she's clearly putting in the effort. Uh, a bit like when you go and see your football team play. Right. Um. I don't necessarily want all my, the, the the players that play for my team to be the best in the world. It'd be nice because we, we you know we we win everything. Um, <laughs>
3: I'm it, sorry. That's <laughs> just quite funny coming from a city fan. No, I know, I know, I know, I know.
1: But it, but it's but it, but it is true because um what what all football fans, no matter what team they support, can identify with is um is that if you've got a guy who's got bags of talent, right, um playing for your team, but he isn't pulling his weight. Um, and he's getting paid a shitload of money, especially when he supports my team, who's fucking you know doping football anyway. Um, who who gets paid an awful lot of money to actually seemingly not put in much effort? That's really that's really infuriating. That's that that's really annoying. Um, so when you see... it's Ryan like,
3: Stevenson all over again. <laughs> Jesus Christ, deep cut. Um, but you know, I'm not better.
1: No, no. Uh, but you know, so 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 I've i really enjoyed watching the way that she um has evolved, and she's now. Uh, become a real favourite of mine, um, and um, p- partially I'm not going to lie; it's because I do have a crush on her. Um, like, uh, but that so the fact that I, I I think she's beautiful, allied to the fact that she now has an entrance which recalls um, yes. some of the mess the the messier evenings of my life, um, uh, and, and I'll leave it at that. Um, and um, you know. For, um...
3: Yeah, for our American viewers, her gimmick is that she takes ecstasy, okay? Right. You don't need to keep going on and Reddit about what is this gimmick. She takes ecstasy. Yeah. That's it. She likes pills. That's it. That's She's a in... gimmick. She likes pills, all
1: right? That, that's a gimmick. She likes pills and she likes dancing, right? She goes to and, she goes to Subby and
3: yeah. takes a couple of pills every Saturday. She goes to, su- she goes to the Subby ev- every Saturday. Uh,
1: you know, uh three for a tenner. Um and and she's away, right? Like that that that's it. Um. So yeah, uh, everything about her her now, I I really 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 enjoy. Like um, you know, from from the most basic, which is like, uh, you know, um, I really dig her ring gear. Like um, I, I like the way, I like the dance that she does when she comes out. I like the entrance. I like the trainers. I like the trainers. of the
5: trainers.
1: Like yeah. um, you know. So she is very much like someone that I, I, oh god, I was gonna say she's someone I pull for, um, but I'll, I'll not say that. Um, uh, yeah, you know, um, she's, she's someone that I really, no, I can't say get behind. Um, <laughs> shit. Try and think of something that I can say that now that everyone knows that I find her attractive it doesn't sound really weird and sleazy. Support. Yeah. Yeah, I I I I just really support her. Yeah, basically. like uh, she, she's like she's my my girl now. So you yeah, I mean she, she's, well. she's,
2: she's in the handy yeah, yeah. in the state, She's no nineties Bonocano, but like you know who is
3: no no, um, of course, of course. but who is no, yeah. no, no one is. Exactly. I know who is my wife.
2: Ah, uh, oh, well, does she listen to oh. this? None. No, 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 no. <laughs> but, but I thought you were going for the cheap pop. That
3: that makes it even more romantic
1: because he's not done it for any like bullshit reason. He's just no exactly. guy. Yeah.
5: Exactly. Uh, yeah yeah <laughs> i what I like yeah, about, all, right?
2: uh about oh. her is like firstly like the, the entrance um is like that's the thing'cause she she is uh she's very talented and she's been pulling it together in the ring, but this entrance is something that has really really got her over because visually it's absolutely fantastic her her gear is yeah. amazing like the glow in the dark outfits, like the hair, like the fact that she. Mm. Um, I would have if there's one thing I could I could have improved uh, on this entrance I would have said grease the ramp so when she slides on her knees like a 10 year old boy at a wedding um, while the disco is playing she just slides right the way down all the way to the ring might take a couple of minutes but I think that that could have been improved. Um, I she's really, that, right? I really like the fact she's doing the, uh, the, you know, the kicks Mike Bailey does, where she like does loads of jumping, uh, turning kicks in uh, yeah. clothes boxing. Yeah. That looks great with the shoes as well. And also this, um, this actually brings me on to something like off, I've often thought about uh, women wrestling, um, in that this uh, submission move that she does, um, mm. uh, that's like I've, I've, I've long thought that submission moves look uh, better by and large on female wrestlers than they do on male wrestlers. And this is not some sort of fucking pervert thing it's because um the female wrestlers tend to be more flexible and Even like more yeah and thus it can look like it can look like it hurts more if, if you remember when um yeah. you, you might have seen a gif on it uh natalia put aj lee in the sharpshooter and it's like her back was bent mm. like uh like a fucking pretzel it was like really uh yeah. really horrendous and this submission naomi's been doing when she like traps both arms and sort of bends them behind uh behind the backs of the nearly like crossing over each other like I really, really enjoyed that. Um, I think that, in as far as the company, like they had six women to fill six minutes. It wasn't a patch on the really amazing six way elimination match from uh, Backlash last year involving oh, basically yeah, that, that five of the five of these six women. were in that was uh, like some mad Tamiya mon shit. It was, it was really good. But I think for. What they got, you got the hometown hometown wrestler getting their uh, getting their moment as well. That was really lovely. Um, I think I'd like to see more of this feud between uh, Naomi and Alexa because um, Alexa Bliss yeah. I think is 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 fantastic. Like, I've seen loads of people say like she's not a good wrestler. I like, fuck off. Is she not a good wrestler? The thing is, the stuff she does is quite basic, but she shows yeah, well, such personality in the ring that like yeah. that's and that's what carries her through, and it's great. Yeah, she's only been doing it for a few years as well. I mean, you know, for
1: fuck's
3: sake. Like, as well as this, she has this amazing trick, right? I don't know if you either of you have noticed this, right? She can dislocate her arms. Yeah, So when yeah, she gets yeah, into yeah. like arms oh, submissions, she yeah. dislocates them she and does, then flops yeah. them about, so it looks yeah. like it properly hurt. And I think just things like that, she she does them really well, and like you know, she adds you know as to her repertoire. Like, I, think, you know,
1: I think I think um um am I right in thinking it's all blended into one this this like last week all of wrestling because there's been so much of it. Am I right in thinking that they had a very, um, um, uh, you know, decent match on SmackDown as well?
2: Um,
3: after
1: Mania? No? Or was that I did watch. Match?
3: I did After Mania.
1: Was that, was that Naomi against someone else? It was Naomi against, I'm sure it was Alexa Bliss, and it was good.
2: Yeah, it might have been. I'm not again, sure. But it, it, like... didn't,
1: it, didn't, it didn't, you know, it didn't change the world or anything, but it was seeing two people that are evolving as wrestlers and that are, are getting there, right, you know? Um. Yeah. So, yeah, i would
3: check that out if, if anyone wants to right any other thoughts before we move on to no
2: i think it was a bit the, i think it was a bit throwaway but like i'm glad it was on i'm glad it was on the main show because i did see people making the argument that like if it was on the pre-show it probably would have got more time and i, I do get that but as we said before um very often in wrestling you know they get extra minutes and don't do much with them and also like i think just uh symbolically it being on the uh, on the main show um for like just give a Philip to um, to to women's wrestling in the company. So I think in that sense it was uh, uh, it was uh, a positive thing because like you can say the pre-show is part of the main show all you want it fucking isn't. Like nah. it's people nah. when people are f- filing in to an arena and you know bell time hasn't yet started the bell time it says in your ticket it's like it's not the main show fuck off. Um, so um, did do, do, do,
3: do either of you watch Pacquiao Mayweather live? Yeah.
2: No, I wouldn't. Do you remember
3: it the it. first the first match on Pacquiao Mayweather Live? I, I,
1: I didn't see the full card. I was at a party and I got in Good. late to watch the main event. Yeah.
3: Because I tuned in at 12pm for Pacquiao Mayweather. There was eight people in the crowd <laughs> who had bought like VIP five grand tickets and were like, you know what? I'm here for the whole fucking thing. I've paid five grand for it. <laughs> so there was like, eight people in the front row and these two poor guys came out and had a boxing match in front of no cunt. It's,
1: it's like it's like when you see the uh, the the UFC facebook prelims uh or oh, God, yeah.
3: or, or youtube prelims or, or, or whatever they are like,
1: i mean I, I, and i i do sometimes watch them because like um i'll I, i'm 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 kind of like mma fan where like um i'll 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 look at a card and if there is something on um uh, that is on you know the, the very first fight on the card then and that interests me then then i will watch it there was an, there was an angela hill fight um a few years ago like i really like angela hill um, and um, I, I made the, the you know the, the effort to watch it uh, uh, live, and there must have been like five, six people, or it seemed like that, you know. And it, I was like, I was kind of gutted because I was looking forward to it, you know. But yeah, combat sports is that's what that's what fucking happens, mind you, when you like you you know you you um, you, you, you charge like that preposterous amount for tickets. You're always gonna get some people that are like, no, I'm getting my money's worth. Like so you yeah, will get like sure. five, six people that will turn up for it, like you know. But
2: still- so uh, the main event of WrestleMania 33 was uh, Roman Reigns versus uh, The Undertaker. So what I will say at the start is that um, you won't find blind Roman Reigns hatred on this podcast. Firstly, because we mostly talk about Japanese wrestling, it'd be weird if we were mentioning Roman at every opportunity. But B...
3: But that doesn't stop people t- doing it on Facebook. No, well, no. no. If you look at any WWE posts. There was one about John Cena hosting the Nickelodeon Awards, and underneath it, it was, why do you continue to push Roman Reigns? <laughs> well, of course.
4: Yeah. That's, just fuck off. It's full of VL's yeah. Facebook,
3: full
2: of them Like present company full accepted. Um and uh yeah, you know, the the other reason is because I I think I'm right in thinking like Daniel, you've got a lot of time for Roman Reigns as a as a performer. Um I yep. I you know, I, I think he's had some really good matches. Um uh, you know that last man stand da- no not last man standing match. I think he's had a last man standing Extreme match rules. with the Big Show, and he's had a he's had an yeah, Extreme I'd Rules actually... match with the Big Show as well. Look, if you're getting something remotely watchable from current day Big Show, you know more power too. That match against uh, the match against AJ Styles he had were really good. I know AJ Kevin, is fantastic, but it does Kevin Owens match. Yeah, as it well. takes two to tango. He played a really good role oh, in the Shield as the as the powerhouse. Um, that being said, um, I think this was a position that. He, he was putting you know the undertaker um you know is someone who you know i I, I can't be remotely objective about the man because he is one of my favorites of all time and up until a few years ago you could guarantee that whatever shape taker was going to be in uh, during the year he would turn up at mania and he would look like the undertaker and he would perform like the undertaker and it was as if you know he was you know tw- 20 years younger like God knows how. But he would pull it out for that one night a year and he'd be fucking sore 365 other days. But for one day he could pull it out. And then we had the the streak ended in a match where he got concussed and it wasn't very good. And uh, but then, yeah, he had that match with Bray Wyatt, which was so-so. And his entrance was during the day, which was never good because it's... Unless you got a big fuck off vulture involved like uh, Mania Nine, and then but then yeah. he you know he had a bit of a things picked up a little bit when he, he had those two matches against Brock Lesnar at the non-Mania pay-per-views and I, I like both those matches a lot. Yeah, they they, yeah. they were pretty good. I like those. Yeah, and but then you know Shane McMahon going thirty minutes with a non-wrestler was not not perhaps the best uh, thing for him at no. this stage in his life. Uh, and yeah, the blue the bloom was off the rose to a certain extent. And this match, I think. You know, it tied well into the story that The Undertaker was past it and was like the last gunslinger and couldn't do it anymore because he, shoot, can't go anymore. Which, but I don't think that Reigns particularly helped matters, would that be fair to say?
3: I found this quite sad, actually. <laughs> to not, not the sad way they wanted it to be because, I mean, I've mentioned this before. I've already told you what my 2015 match of the year was, but my 2014 match of the year was Undertaker-Lesnar. Not because the match was any good, the match was pretty dog shit, but for the, the reaction it caused yes. in me when the street broke, so like, I, I was there, so that, that emotion, I couldn't really overlook that and kind of took that and couldn't pick anything else as my match of the year because that was the match that caused that emotion. It broke everyone's hearts, everyone was dumbfounded, it's, it was honestly like a death. Yeah. Like somebody had been shot in the ring and yeah it was so it was so weird and after that like i was you know i thought i think they felt that roman reigns beating the undertaker was going to bring it a, a similar reaction but the problem for me was that the the, the undertaker lesnar match was I mean, Lesnar wasn't booked particularly well going into that. No, he wasn't. I'm, I distinctly remember people, like, the week or two before, going, Lesnar's been booked to look like, you know, an insignificance. He, he's been booked like shit. He, there, I don't believe that he would win this match. To the point where, when the actual pin count happened, the guy next to me, he went, up. Oh, there you go. It's a third F5. Undertaker will kick it at two. One, 2 <laughs> And then and I, I mean, I was so conflicted because obviously I just seen the street broken. I also wanted to push myself into a coma with laughter at this guy, at this smart sitting next to me who thought he was so cool, <laughs> by, you know, predicting a kick out and he got it so wrong. But like nobody expected that. But the second he eliminated him in the rumble, you you knew what was happening, and I couldn't shake the fact that I knew what was happening here, and it was so clear. And sometimes there is stories in wrestling where it's so clear what's meant to happen and they try and swear for you and it ruins it for you. And sometimes it's just better to have the story that's clear, that's there, that, you know, people want to see. Problem is that people didn't want to see this. I I would have taken anyone else. John John Cena versus The
2: Undertaker never happened at Mania.
3: Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman should have done this. This should have been Strowman's spot. I genuinely believe it. Because I feel that Strowman would benefit from it. Now, I'm going to say that that promo and Raw, like Reigns, they're turning him heel. Fair play, right? They've turned it round and, you know, he's been revitalised by this. Because I didn't think they were turning him heel. And I'll put my hands up and say I was wrong on that. But there was no suspense. There was nothing in me. It was the opposite of what an Undertaker match at WrestleMania should be, literally. Because... You always used to think, nah, guy can't be Undertaker. It's just not happening. And now it's a case of, nah, Undertaker won't win. Like, there's no way. And you don't believe it. And even though I'm like, at the street matches, there was always that moment where you bit and you thought it was going to happen. Like, I think I mentioned in the first part that my wife always used to wake up during the street because I'd always bite and, like, shout out like, because of the near fall. It didn't happen in this one. I, I, I knew it was coming. It was just an inevitability, and then the tombstone. I don't really care about botches ever. Like I, I don't notice them, and they never affect me in a match. But it was so sad that tombstone yeah. when he tried to reverse it, yeah. and it just didn't work. And I was in like, nah, that I'm done." I, I just,
4: yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's the, the, yeah. The thing is, like, and in this article we've got on the website, I did say that um, I would because I was talking about like. The first Undertaker I knew was a uh, Um mm-hmm. I knew I knew that there had been like this more occult character that he used to have, and because uh, I I played uh, Here Comes the Pain, where you could unlock the 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 classic Undertaker, and they would make references mm. to things like buried alive matches, casket matches, inferno matches. Uh, but I'd never seen this before. And then when he made his return at Mania Twenty, uh, I just thought it was the coolest shit ever. And I did say it was really apt that after his. His body gave out on him, and the streak ended um the aura was the last thing to go and I, I don't think that left um certainly it was like it did when during the match, but after you you did the post match thing and he left his gear in the ring, it was it was very sad, but it was also quite fitting in a sense you know what i mean like the- is the equivalent of the traditional mm. you leave your boots in the ring if you're if you're retiring um but having said that yeah, the match was. I mean the reason I say that I don't think Reigns helped is because I think Reigns is is I've I've just said before, like Goldberg versus Lesnar was fantastic. They did four different types of move in that entire match. Um but Reigns' moveset is quite limited and um it's also not helped by the fact he does a lovely uh Splash Mountain. You know, the fucking like sit out crucifix bomb, the Dynamite Kansai one, but Taker's not taking that bump. Like, at at his age.
1: Yeah, that's not
3: but
2: that 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 isn't Rains. No, that's not that's not Rains's fault. No, it's just he he was put in a difficult situation.
3: He was, he was. Well, actually, one thing you mentioned with the Goldberg Lesnar match, I thought there was a really interesting parallel because he had a very similar story. I mentioned before Goldberg and Lesnar, they both had their kill shots, and he knew that if he hit it, they would put them down, and if it didn't work, they would just do it again and do it again and do it again because he knew eventually it would happen. That that happened in this match, and to be fair, I'll give him credit. You know. I kind of I kind of enjoyed that story I kind of under, uh, like enjoyed the, like the sit up and then falling back down and things like that that you know they, they did that quite well but i I knew it was coming and there was no there was no amount of dressing you know no amount of smoking mirrors it was gonna change the fact I, I it was an inevitability and I was not emotionally invested in it because of that and even afterwards because I wasn't emotionally invested it was like half five in the fucking morning. Yeah. I I mean we've all we've all theorized about the Undertaker's retirement and things like that in the past. It it didn't really hit me like other people. I I didn't really care. Well, this this
1: that that kind of leads into my like, um my thoughts on this match right now. Um yeah, so as George says before, I am yeah I'm I'm a fairly um uh, sort of strident um supporter of of Roman Reigns. Um I think that uh the way in which um he has been essentially singled out um as a way for the kind of fans who i find um to be increasingly detestable um in wrestling to vent an opinion uh that i think is fine to have and find a vent in, uh, in, in 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 doses that are practical and don't ruin a show um and I think that in years to come, he will be looked back on by anyone that's serious about uh, about looking at wrestling history and that wants to look at match footage and watch things week by week and look at performances um, and, and things like that. I think he will be considered to be, if he carries on at this rate, uh, to be um, a very, very fine wrestler indeed. And I will say as well that um, I think that if this was a guy who went into the ring, um, and had um, a series of terrible matches with, uh, with people um, that I would find it easier to get behind what I view as the kind of almost unthinking um, and parroted um, uh, 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 a kind of mentality that comes with um, the, the, the mass dislike um, or the mass pillorying of him. Of him okay? um, but I actually think that um, this is a guy who at this point in his young career has already had the greatest WrestleMania main event of all time. Um, I rewatched watched the, um, the Lesnar-Reigns um, uh, match the other day. I don't think there's a WrestleMania main event to touch that um, in terms of quality um the AJ Styles match you mentioned before the Kevin Owens match uh, we mentioned before as well every single um great match that you had in that huge ridiculous run where the Shield were having great three mans every night um on Raw um the uh the uh, uh the, the the recent match against Samoa Joe against Braun Strowman the great forgotten match against Daniel Bryan okay um this guy knows how to work he's a great wrestler um now that is kind of separate I suppose to the uh the, the the way in which he's booked, and that's what most people get angry about. I think most people now uh, other than a very small minority of just utter like you know troglodytes um, yeah. basically acknowledge yeah. that this guy knows how to work a great match and so this this comes down to i suppose um like 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 David just said whether or not you had the emotional investment in the match firstly and then secondly about the execution okay so I didn't really have the emotional investment in the match, and it's for, it's for this simple reason. Um, I feel like The Undertaker... Uh, I, I actually don't think The Undertaker's streak should have been broken. Um, I actually would have been fairly happy for it not to have been broken. I don't think it necessarily needed to be um, um, uh, a thing whereby he got another guy over. Um, I think that was his old-school mentality. Um, that he wanted to put um, guys over on his way out, and he did so, and I respect him for that, Absolutely. And that's his prerogative. He's been wrestling for a long time. He's put in a lot of work for that company. Okay? Um, But also, um, I think that there comes a point when people have to start acknowledging no matter how emotionally connected they might be to the Undertaker, and I'm less so than other people. I've followed him for a long time, but I don't really have that. that He was never my favorite wrestler. Okay? There has to come a point as well where people say, you know what? This guy could have said at any point, um, you know what? I can't do this anymore. It's it's diminishing returns. It needs to finish, and that for me should have happened um, after the streak was broken, but at a push after the the Wyatt's match. Okay, um, and for whatever reason, and I'm not having a, I'm not really having a go at him for it because why shouldn't someone that's put that in that, in that much work have that that kind of self belief that they can pull out one last great performance, right? Fine, that's okay. Um, but I really do feel like it 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 devalued this match and that this match was dead in the water from the start for that reason so i don't blame Reigns for that either okay um now the match itself um i don't think it was great um but i also think that I, I i i'm not sure there's a worker in the world um that could have got a decent match out of that because what i saw in that match was a man in the re- in the ring that shouldn't have been there in that condition and that wasn't and that that simply wasn't ready to go um and that sounds like a horrible thing to say but it's he's, he's done that's it and there were parts oh, of the match that that worked for. There were, the, I think, the one spot I really like was the bit where he uh, Taker went for the old, um, you know, the old Back from the Dead and just, you know, conked out again. Yeah, um, that I again. That, yeah. yeah, I thought that worked. But you know, I'm, I'm seeing people like, you know, I'm seeing people telling, trying try, try to tell me that, um, that 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 point when um when 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 they can't do the Tombstone spot, okay, that that's that, that's Roman's fault. Like, sorry, it's not. Like, it takes no, a, no, it's oh, really not. No, it takes no, no, very no, basic no, absolutely of, not. Like, of how wrestlers work together in the ring to look at that and, and see what's going on there. Um, and it's not even really Taker's fault, because he shouldn't be in there. Like, he's you know, like, yeah. put, neither of them should have been put in that situation. Okay. Um, but it was still better than the fucking Reigns-Triple-H match.
2: But, well, what, yeah, what, I'm, what I kind of, like, thought was, like, uh, about Reigns not having too many moves in his arsenal, I think that when he was laying a beat down on Taker it it did it did get tiny bit repetitive because i think because it was it was so deliberate and i they tried to play up the whole you know i love finishes where they're like stay down old man you know uh Michaels' michaels's uh, retirement rick flair's retirement match uh things Yay, like triple that yeah
3: sean undertaker once he did that as well yeah
2: like i i don't think it was done quite as well and again like this isn't reigns's fault as well but like because no. the, the, Reigns has a really good spear but it was very clear he was trying not to hurt uh, not to hurt Taker when he did it again yeah. like you can't you can't place that on him but it didn't it didn't help the quality of the match the The two spots I really loved um, you know there was a lot of spear spam a lot of like the cane thr- thrust and the uh, the, super, the Superman punch Um, but the, the, the spots I did like were yeah the bit where Taker tries to sit up and he just can't that actually made me shed a tear and um the finish I i thought was fantastic. Like he does tons of fucking spears, kicks out of all of them. And so what he does is, you know, he hits the ropes, hits the ropes back in the other direction, hits the ropes again and does does a spear with Taker just like looking at him going, Oh shit, like and I thought that was really nice, it was like the young guy who was a great athlete and the old man who just literally can't keep up with him anymore. You know. That was you know he was moving too fast for him. He's he's too young and too strong and too powerful, and I thought that was a really fine image on which to end the match. As for the rest of the match, I thought sadly it was very poor. Yeah,
3: um, I I yeah, I just I mean I I I didn't give this match any anything to, from the start. I just I think it's been a bit more of a personal thing for me as well because Reigns in the last year, like my my favorite guy for so long was Rusev. And then they built him up and he got really well and he had the US title again. And then Roman, done, cut down. And then I was like, Alright, you know what? I've got a new guy, Braun Strowman. I love Braun Strowman. Roman, cut down. It's just the fact that all the people I really like, all the things I really value, you know, Rusev, Strowman, they're all just being thrown under the bus for Roman Reigns. But you see, I, I
1: again, I, I think that, a large part of the, I sometimes wonder how Roman Reigns' perception would have um, w- w- would have would have developed um, if it wasn't uh, for the CM Punk interview, right? The CM Punk um, 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 interview in which he left the company um, and detailed, um, in in his words, you know, um, um, how um, everything was based around keeping Roman strong. Okay. Yeah. Um, because I actually think that. If, I, I'm very much a believer that um, if you're going to have a guy who's going to be the top guy and I'm not talking about an emotional um, how I want the, the company to be booked at this point, I'm talking about if you are a company that's going to make a guy the top guy um, and that's your decision and you're going to go with it, you have to go with it 100% okay, yes. and that guy doesn't, that guy hardly ever loses, okay yeah. he's going to be the ace of your company, that guy should hardly ever, ever, ever lose And I'm, I really yeah. mean that and yeah. unfortunately, the problem is, is that they have to beat people then, if that's going to be the case. And they're always going to come up against your favourites, right? Um, mm. That you would prefer, um, uh, uh, you know, to, uh, to to go over. Now, having said that, I'm also someone that doesn't buy into this theory that just because someone gets beaten by the ace or the upcoming ace of the company, they can't be rehabilitated. Yes, they can. You can rehabilitate anyone in wrestling, in my opinion. True. Um, now, I'm not saying wins and losses don't matter. I think that they do. Um, but I do think that. You can very easily get fans to come round on people again and tell a story in which they um, have upped their game and uh, they've, um, they've, they've they've they they they, they go on another streak themselves. Okay, now that doesn't always work, and you have to be careful with it. But,
3: One thing I would say on that is that I mean <laughs> Ryback. I know you probably are not as high on Ryback as myself. I was a, I was a big, big big Ryback fan. <laughs> um, but I remember when he came back as a face after the the Paul Paul Heyman thing. The place went fucking mental for him, and they loved him for about four or five weeks when he did the squashes again and then it just all went to shit and then I remember that was because he went into the survivor series they tried to keep him you know looking reasonably strong and then you know, after a while just bend it, it was against Rusev, well, Ryback right and Rusev were two favourites at the time, I loved it, but nobody else did, and everyone kind of just fell off, but that—that that is a Ryback thing, people don't like him, and like, even, I feel that, like, the, the Goldberg-Lesnar thing, like, and this is going off on a tangent, and we really shouldn't go off on a tangent because we need to finish, but I always feel that with the Goldberg-Lesnar storyline, if they had done that with for example, Ryback, where he just came out and clotheslined Lesnar, that a fucking made him, no matter matter what, you know, what sort of, you know, what shit had happened before, if they'd done it with him, they'd have made him, and they used it on Goldberg, which was great, because it made Goldberg look like an absolute star, but it's just a case of, yeah, obviously, you know, you've got your ace, and they don't lose, I, I don't know what it is, it's just a case of the people who, they, they can invest in people when they want to, and they just don't, uh, apart, apart from this. And the people that they they, they, they seem very scared to take a punt now. Again, coming back to Ryback, do you remember that, that Hell in a Cell match of Punk? Yeah. You yeah. should, should have won the belt at that point, really, realistically. And, like, you know, same with Rusev and Stroman. Like, Rusev, when he's coming out of US Title 1, he was doing really, really well. And then it was just cut cut off straight, and like obviously you have your ace, and yeah, you have to you know you have to put a lot of effort into it, but it seems to be at the detriment of exact of everybody else.
1: Well, I mean, I, the the thing is though is that I I do think that um that the 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 problem with me right isn't actually so much the push for Roman in the past year or so. My problem with it, um, where I think they really ruined it was that was the initial push up to that, that, that Lesnar match, okay, um, mm. at Mania a few years ago, because um, people, I mean, it's, it's easy to forget this now, but when The Shield um, broke up, Roman Reigns was the most over um, with mm. the whole um, the yeah. of the audience, and the exact same people now um, who are laying into him were the ones that were ready to lap up a Roman Reigns big, huge base room. okay?
3: Remember when um, um,
1: cheering him at the Rumble against yeah. Batista? Yeah, like, you know, that was, this was a thing. And they messed it up through a combination of bad PR um, and bad booking decisions, and they completely messed it up. But there is there's also there's also this thing now as well where um, I'm as 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 a guy that you know watches um, WWE and um, not not as much as other people, but more than most, I guess. Um, I I struggle because I'm I feel like I don't know where I as a fan fit in when I watch that company because. Um, I I don't like the management for the the terrible booking decisions and the contempt that they show the fans. And I also hate most of the fans as well at this stage. Um for 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 the way for, for the fact that they ruin um the uh, the, the 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 TV that I want to see, right? Um so I I think we've now got to a stage where there's this petty um um you know constant battle between tip for tip. Yeah, between the between management, you know, between the management and um uh, and, and the bookers and between the fans, and I just want to get invested in some wrestling again. I'm fed up with this dynamic. Like I just, I just want either side to just give in. And sometimes I do think that, um, as daft as it sounds, and as as weirdly counter as it might sound to a lot of my positions on a lot of other things in life, um, I believe that maybe it might be time just for um, just for some fans, not not everyone. But for some of the more vocal fans, just to try out what might happen if they just try and get behind Roman in a match, right? Just try it out. Because there was a spot in that 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 Mania ma- uh, match from a few years ago with Lesnar where he, he did that that much maligned um, uh, the smiling when he started getting me. Yeah. Right. I when I when me and Gary rewatched that, I thought you know what? At the time, I thought that was a bit dodgy. But if you imagine a molten hot crowd getting behind that guy as a face who is coming of age to like that fucking like Tommy dreamer style and, and taking his cane shot, so to speak and, and asking for more please daddy or whatever that could have been huge. Right. You know? So I do think there's this immense amount of stubbornness yeah. on both sides and it really is frustrating to me. And it results in stuff like the, uh, the now, um, you know, the now common uh, uh, roars after mania. Um And I just, I know I kind of wish this main event had it never happened. <laughs> Cause it just made, it just made things a hell of a lot worse than it already is. And, and emphasized and, and re entrenched um this what I find to be just frankly tiresome spat <laughs> to be honest and you know. But I'm just tired of it, I guess. And I want to I want to ever everyone to share in the fact that I think Roman Reigns is fucking awesome and it's not gonna happen now. <laughs> so
3: it's, yeah. Oh I know. Like, I feel that like he's been contaminated. Absolutely. Yeah. Like yeah, I like really him. Yeah. yeah,
2: he's he's basically yeah. um he's basically a lost cause at the moment with the uh with the the wider the wider public He's Jeremy Corbyn.
1: <laughs> George is getting in his Jeremy Corbyn digs here. Like, um, yeah. But you know, like so yeah, it's just I just I just as I say, I just find the whole thing to be to be very sad, really, because I think that um essentially what's happened is that you've wasted a good couple of years, not wasted, because I say he's been having excellent matches, but um. You've you've wasted what could have been a dynamic which I really enjoy in wrestling, which is the badass um, babyface who's um, who's brave um, and doesn't back down from a fight, um, and he's kind of cool at the same time, and has all these things that you want out of your you know stereotypical babyface, um, and the dynamic's just been been messed up. Like um, and it's it's annoying because I think it could have been really good,
2: <laughs> and it's led to this. <laughs> like <laughs> this, this kind of stuff is why like this is why we cover Perosu because like it ends with us just having existential crises.
4: Yeah, when we, when we <laughs> talk about
2: here. when we talk about WWE, it always comes up, It comes back to some really fucking stressful dynamic between what yeah. certain people want the show to be and what certain people and what the show actually is and the the, the yeah. fact of the matter is that it's because it is the biggest show in town in terms of wrestling it plays to so many constituencies that you can't satisfy them all with with the product no. that you're producing they're having a damn good go of it signing all the fucking indie talent under the sun but at the end of the day the main <laughs> roster product um you know The the, the problem is that like the casual viewers aren't watching so much anymore and they're left with the hardcore fans. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm one of those myself, but I recognize that like the kind of wrestling product I want, I want probably wouldn't be, wouldn't be amenable to the mainstream. And
3: that's fine because it's, it's. Oh yeah, and I know for a fact that that for me that that exactly that's for me. I mean, the kind of wrestling product I want, nobody wants. So. <laughs> but, but you know,
1: it's, and especially because they're like they're they they're a publicly traded company now or, or whatever PLC, whatever it is. You know, like they they can't necessarily satisfy um, you know um, everyone's more more um, uh, you know more more uh, more underground urges. Like you know, like it isn't going to happen. Like you're not going to get. Um, the uh, the some of the, some of the content that these people seem to want, um, and you know, I also have this other big problem as well with um, with uh, people, you know, um, giving it the big one to Reigns, um, and then what you have afterwards is um, you know um, them on Raw the next night, um, uh, not paying attention to a match between two guys that are supposed to represent everything they like about wrestling. Yeah, that was um,
2: straight bullshit. That was. So that, that, I'll,
1: I'll, yeah. I'll I'll
2: I'll leave it there for my opinions because then we'll get into, as I say, the, the post World Cup Yeah. So I mean, so just to wrap it up, um, if you were to give a star rating out of six to this, uh, no, I'm not, <laughs> not going to do that. Yeah. Um, what overall, like, how would it compare to say Mania thirty or thirty-one or thirty-two? I think it
3: was better than last year. I don't think it was as good as thirty or thirty-one. I generally always come out of a positive experience of WrestleMania because it's I I have the weekend off. I you know we get lots of food and it's a sort of a, a very uh, party atmosphere. It's the biggest day in the calendar. It's always very exciting. I I enjoyed quite a few matches on here. Um, overall, I felt that I had a positive experience, but fucking hell, just make it shorter next time. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it's all I want. Yeah, um, Daniel?
1: Uh, yeah, it's, I suppose um, I'm trying to think of... Uh, oh, yeah, I've got, I've, I forgot everything that happened at last year. So I had to rethink about that. Um, I have to say that I've thought the last two years of Mania have been a, a duds for me. Um, I haven't enjoyed either of them. Uh, but that's possibly because I really enjoyed 30 and, and 31. Um, I thought they were, both, they were mm. both really good shows. Um, So I'm hoping that we've had two good ones in a row and, and, and two Gak ones now. I'm hoping that we get uh, 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 one that is um to my taste next year. Put it that way, um, but um, yeah, it wasn't without its um, its decent stuff, but uh, not not a great. Show.
2: Um, yeah, I would say um, I actually thought I think it 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 petered out. It reached maximum peter around the sort of two thirds mark, and then mm. I think it sort of uh, tailed off quite a bit. And partly that was to do with the runtime, like, uh, like WrestleMania should not be the length of a fucking Bela Tar film, you know, and no. um. Oh. it's the second Bellator mentioned on the... <laughs> the Second Bellator. People are going to listen and, and just think it's that. Yeah, we do watch other filmmakers as well. We promise you. Other filmmakers are available. Um, yeah,
1: I mean, you, you, you're right. It did it did peter out. I think because um, you know um, uh, about halfway through, uh, well, by, by the time it got to Lesnar Goldberg, it was Peter Cook, and then by the end it was Peter Reed. So um, you know, um,
3: that's that. Uh, yeah. So um... lots of PW listeners frantically giggling. Peter Reed. <laughs> So um
2: yeah um that was uh WrestleMania thirty three in the books um we we'll, we will we will be back with our um upcoming well oh, actually just before perfect. we do
3: that we do have to discuss the main event of WrestleMania oh
2: okay yes um sorry I completely forgotten about the dark match um David uh would you like to would you like to uh, take this one
3: right so this is I mean we can all we can all agree here that. The people who run Robot Wars read our stuff. Is that um, right? We have been retweeted by the it's official specific. Robot Wars page. Why would they have a grand final rematch on WrestleMania Day? Uh, they could have had it any other day apart from today because of the golf, <laughs> but any other day they could have put it on. And we got the grand final re- Apollo versus Carbide. Apollo, I, I've i been re watching it to do a review, right? Apollo is my favorite wrestler <laughs> at the moment. He is such a badass. He is the best ace in wrestling at the moment. <laughs> I fucking love it so much.
1: I like the idea of loads of people listening to this thinking that we've all of a sudden started talking about Apollo Crews. Or right. Apollo
2: from um, um, WWC.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're actually reviewing Puerto Rico. Um, yeah, like because they had two matches. They didn't have one, they had two. Um and it was the, the big grudge match I mean I, I voted in my top 10 match of the year For Voices of Wrestling It was it was incredible last year And Carbide, I loved all the, the little There was lots of little subplots going into it So you had for example you, There was lots of unfinished business So Carbide, you could clearly see When they interviewed them they, they were there to take out Apollo They wanted to fucking wreck them And right the wrong from last year Because they cost them the, the grand final and um, Apollo, similarly, I love this entire storyline throughout the whole show, where they tried to flip Kelloggles. Yes. And he just started flipping house robots, and um, then the house robots started fighting back, and it was just this absolute scrap, as he just started to, you know, try to take out house robots, and then the house robots were saying, fuck Oh, you, God, yeah, it, like, it was... It was a great They, they were hot.
2: going to fuck you outside of the, like, the, the bounds of their usual sort of regulatory duties. It was like if you were playing at... Uh, if you were playing at Old Trafford and you were you were down at the away end going through and then how a web tripped you up on the on the 18 yard line
3: exactly exactly I mean he probably would <laughs> <still. laughs> um, yeah. but like I loved as well that Apollo in the in the group stage and not the group stage in the in the heat the qualifier they intentionally activated the role yeah so they could get that uh, to try and get him out so they the could the booking is so good in this i know and then afterwards they were like oh i see you tried to flip the house for what and went "Nah, we wouldn't try to flip dead metal we've already had them." <laughs> oh you're, um, you're you're what roman reigns should be great oh, the
2: great, great sure. promos those lads as well because they were they were former uh butlin's redcoats so they're very comfortable like yeah. being up on a stage the way the way sarah always puts it is the apollo team it's like it's like it was a stag night that got out of hand they're like going down the street yeah. at three in the morning with a kebab and some curry and chips just going mate we should totally build a fucking robot like yeah we should and then <laughs> here we are yeah. the other spot i liked was um, apollo's uh fighting spirit con spot in the um in the in the heat final where i i literally went all fucking mike goldberg in uh in my flat watching it with with my partner um just like when the, the spot where um Carbide's got this big fucking bar spinner and Apollo's just soaking up all the punishment. He's, like taking huge gouges out of the oh. front. And I don't know why they thought they could fucking no sell uh Carbide's weapon. It's like twenty-five kilograms and I just shouted, He's out! Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> I, I know. Like it was it was it one it was one when it was at the the Cluster Bot, was it um Crackers and Smash where they took on Carbide and they get fucking scalped and they just kept taking the the hits. Like it was, it was unbelievable. They just, they just kept spinning, and he kept going at it, and it took him like a good minute and a half to destroy them. Whereas like usually everyone else just ripped through after one cut, but they just kept going and he just kept taking hits. I was, I was really stunned by that. Um, yeah, um, I, I, that carbide wrecked everybody, even Apollo. Like the the first heat, they wrecked Apollo, and Apollo. There was this great sub story of whether Apollo can fix their flipper because you know they, they'd fucked it up so badly and had to go into the second one without a weapon and then it was all a ruse and they were actually fighting so Seth Rollins and that contract signing you know I'm absolutely I'm absolutely fine and they just went and flipped everyone and they, they honestly Apollo Carbide it, it's up there it's getting to Razor versus Hypnodisc levels of feud like I love it so much I could I think the take day. home from
2: this is that like if you don't watch, if you're a Brit, Brit certainly like. If you don't watch Robot Wars, like it, it is pro wrestling. Like I've used the hashtag Robot Wars is pro wrestling. It's 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 big characters and like ring entrances and really and, and mad shit, um, gladiatorial combat, but with like fucking robots like beating the shit out of each other. It's even got judges like in uh, like in MMA, like you know what?
3: Yeah, like a, on the Impact Grand
2: Championship. <laughs> <laughs> I, judging by our usual release schedule, like um that'll probably be defunct by the time we uh by the time we release this. True. But uh,
3: <laughs> but yeah but no I I absolutely adorable for Paulo Carbine matches I thought they were brilliant, um I really enjoyed it and I really I'm looking forward to watching the golf from tonight um instead of the grand final because it get preempted. This is like the Westminster Dog <laughs> Show for Monday Night Raw all over nature? I know I said the Monday Night Wars all over again, just pre empted for bullshit golf. Yeah, not um, even B- Barry Babby Darcy yeah, wasn't uh, even
2: involved, so
3: you know. Um I know Mr. hole in one B. So, um <laughs> yeah. Is um, um is,
1: is, is, is is Colin Montgomery going over? <laughs>
3: Do, don't you know he's he's a he's a hall of famer? He won the European Tour Order of Merit like seven years in a row. <laughs> is, That is the real story. I, I,
1: I have about as much um, info about uh, about um, uh, golf and Colin Montgomery as I do about um, the the Robot Wars episodes I've not seen yet. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm gonna say who has been conspicuously right. quiet during this, but you know what? He's 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 poured his heart out about Roman Reigns. He needs a rest.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, well, i I know it's, uh, it's you know I'm a very emotional man. uh, I genuinely
2: thought you'd froze at
1: one point because you were just. The only thing that's frozen (laughs) is my my cold, dead heart at this stage.
3: <laughs> anyway, yeah we should we should we should probably go because I have actually ignored my wife for two I'm hours. I'm not eating. <laughs> she be, she be, she's been she's been setting. Uh, <laughs> tell,
2: tell her hyper mode. And so before we go, I'd like to plug our shit once again. So uh, we are on Twitter at Pooh Podcast, uh, Facebook the Pooh Pooh Podcast, SoundCloud the Pooh Pooh Podcast. We are fucking kings of imagination when it comes to naming our stuff we're also yeah. on the uh, pro wrestling only place to be nation network we get far more listens on that than we do our actual soundcloud so although they 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 don't put our my hilarious uh, accompanying images such as uh, the picture of salmon rushing that i used for episode three i need i need yeah, to no. have i need to have words yeah everyone knows everyone knows who that is in relation to wrestling And uh, also, um, you can find our stuff, such as Robot wars Reviews, our article on The Undertaker, um, numerous think pieces and reviews and what have you. Uh, I'm going to get back on the wagon with my Harry Misawa retrospective um, at imaintainthedoublefootstomp is silly.com. Very catchy. And uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, goodbye from me, goodbye from my colleagues.
4: Bye!
2: And adios, that was WrestleMania. Cheers, lads.
4: Give me the green light! (laughs) Look oh, off. give me the green light on the gas. Give
0: me the green light. Oh, yeah. i I'm ready to go. Let's have a good time. Let's go. What you waiting for? Oh,
4: Goodness me. So yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, uh, yeah. Well, actually, before we move okay, on, let's on. Let's move uh, on before we get sued by a counterfactual historian. Yeah, before <laughs> we move on,
3: actually, I just want to mention sure at this point um, my uh, you, my shit wife might come in to do some shoot laundry at some point within the next as, as 20 a, minutes. As, as 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 opposed to his kayfabe wife. Yes, <laughs> exactly. We don't talk about her. But still, well, <laughs> um, that's, it's going to be all those kayfabe girlfriends and boyfriends I've got. I know, but um yeah so no, that's that's um, why i will say hi um what what would what would a wrestling podcast be if it are running <laughs> it's just gonna be like if you seen all those footage
2: of all those pictures of like uh paul heyman and joey styles recording commentary for ecw tapes in like <laughs> paul heyman's basement and his mum's just like yeah. doing the laundry like on the other side of the room <laughs> doing the ironing like, like paul, what, paul when are you gonna get a proper job
1: <laughs>
5: <laughs> when are you going to become like an advocate or something? The world's full of mystery, the unexplained. But I like to think that I've got an ability to work out what's really going on. To take a peek behind the curtain, like in a Wizard of Oz, and show you, you know, like, Hey, hey, look, look! It's been him the whole time! You know, that kind of thing. But something's come up that I just kind of get my head in. And that's, um That's, um Pitbull. I mean, um What? One minute there's Nay Pitbull, the next there's this guy about 40 jumping up and down on a stage in a suit like he's just come straight out for work. Mr. Worldwide. <sighs> it's bizarre, but what's most bizarre is that nobody's batting an eye. It's like an alien's landed and I'm like, Look everybody, an alien, and everybody's like, yeah. What's most bizarre is that he's number one everywhere. Somebody's buying the singles, but nobody's owning up. I was in Victoria Park painting the fence. Somebody's got it. And a school lassie walked by, so I asked her, You in a bull Hen? She just ran away. I even jumped on Twitter to speak to the man himself. Who are you? Does nobody else will talk to me? It's like everybody's in fear to speak out like some kind of mafia thing. In fact, that's what it's like. It's like Pitbull, some kind of mafia godfather who just woke up one morning and decided, I want to be a pop star. Just one day decided, Mr. Boat! And everybody's just having to go along with it Or else. Nobody dares mention the suit, or the voice, or the fact that he's about 40-year-old, calling himself Pitbull and jumping up and down on a stage, shouting, Mr. Wobat! Nobody dares, unless they want to find themselves at the bottom of the Clyde, wearing a Colombian necktie and a pair of concrete boots.
0: I have been waiting so long to ask you this. Stephanie Nicole Garcia-Colas, will you marry me?
4: Two buns for eight fifty. say so yours are worth a lot more. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs>
0: so they're not worth a lot more?
4: No, I mean they are worth a lot more, but that was a dumb joke. I loved it. <laughs> Cheers.
0: Cheers. part of my life and I love it.
4: Tell you that it consume calories, but it just sounds so silly. You're making it a bigger It deal. does
0: sound silly, and why would I care? I know that, but
4: I just wish
0: we had more time. I'm pretty aggressive when it comes to wanting to get healthy. Yeah. And when something happens, there's, n- there's no other way to say this. I just put everything else to the back. And my one thing is getting healthy.
4: Yeah, but it's not fair to me.
0: It's not fair to me. Aside from through a lot of surgeries. And I make a joke cuz I know when they put you under anesthesia, you got like 20 minutes where you're out of it, but you can talk and you don't remember what's going on.
4: So I always
0: ask her. I'm like, you know they're going to put me under, ask me whatever you want. And
4: you're gonna get the answer. Will you marry me?
0: But then she ended up having neck surgery. So I knew like I'm like, you know, it's my turn now. They're going to put you under, and I'm going to have time to ask you whatever I want. (laughs) So when they put her under, I made sure to be the last one to wheel her into the OR. And right at the moment of no return, I stopped the doctors, and I leaned down, and I asked if you can hear me. She said, yes. I said, well, I have one question for you. She said, what? So you know someday I'm gonna marry you.
4: Oh, I can't. I can't. Oh, mm, too much. Said, yeah. Do you remember oh, that no. moment, no. or were you out of no.
0: it? No. You don't so remember for that. for a year and a half. All right. at all? For a, year, a year and a half ago. She, a year and a year and half she always ago. brings up like, when are you gonna tell me what we talked about? And I just kept wow. saying, yeah, when the time is right.
2: Oh, uh, I remember the Cornell.